The Kogan Money Credit Card, a great value card with rewards and no annual fee. Summer Breakfast. G'day everybody and welcome. It is Summer Breakfast on a Monday morning. Great to have your company. On the McCafe menu today, our official coffee partner, as always, has Hayden Cotter, Lawn Peer to Pub winner yesterday. Uh, she's a gruelling swim and yet it came down to a run, basically. A sprint uh, on the beach for the win, but Hayden Cotter got a Brett Phillips BP It'll become part of the furniture in here over the next couple of weeks because the Australian Open burst into life today down at Melbourne Park. We'll catch up with BP. Questions without notice, as always. And last fan standing, thanks to Maccas. Another chance for you to uh, just uh, give yourself a good chance to get over to Delhi to watch the second test between the Aussies and India next month. SEM Breakfast is for the Kogan Money credit card packed full of value. And I should never forget to mention this man. You're going to hear a heck of a lot of him this morning. His name is Simon O'Donnell. G'day, Scoob. Got nothing to say, Sam. Nothing Why is to that? say. Quiet weekend. Jeez, it was hot Saturday. I just hid from the sun on Saturday. Well, I got nothing to say to you either because you still haven't brought those spuds in. Oh, man, I'm filthy. Where Absolutely are those potatoes? Filthy. They're sitting at the back door. Three bags of them. <sighs> did them yesterday. Well, I shouldn't say I did them yesterday. My wife did them yesterday. Packs them up in, in paper bags. Because that so was why they weren't here they on last Friday. Longer. Your better half wanted them to be properly presented. Correct. Packaged. So she's gone and bought the the paper bags. The spuds are in the paper bags. They're at the back door and I've come in this morning without them. So What are, what are they going to be like when I get a hold of these spuds? They're I'm thinking be... <laughs> I'd give it uh, maybe half an hour to an hour. There'll be a dirty text message on my phone. <laughs> I've noticed the spuds yeah, by the door. Scatterbrain idiot. Now, we've got Hayden Cotter, as I mentioned, BP as well, last fan standing and all that, but she finishes today, Akana Murray Bartlett, who we spoke to last week. You'll remember that incredible 155 marathon. Consecutively from Cape York down here to Melbourne. Mm-hmm. She finishes today 6 p.m. So uh, if you want to follow her journey, you can follow her on Instagram at tip2toe2022. That's the same uh, website you want to Google as well. She's uh, running, raising money rather for the Wilderness Society, but she's got herself into the Guinness World Records for most consecutive marathons by a female in the world. Uh, we might have to re- uh, touch base with her again, Scoob, perhaps tomorrow or at some stage this week when uh, it all settles down because it's been a heck of a journey. And I notice... She'll have an ice bath. But I reckon she'll have a few ice baths. She wanted to be cryogenically frozen for a while because I think her feet are in a bad way. She touched on with us. And now just seeing actually she's uh, she's really well and truly getting the coverage that she mm. deserves uh, in the Herald Sun and around the place as well, that uh, her journey has been immense. Brilliant stuff. Yeah, and, and so vibrant when you speak to her as well. So we'll definitely look to get her back on. How was your weekend anyway? But well, Just a bit hot on Saturday, yeah, of course. Hot, yeah, I hid on Saturday. Got Sunday? The, got the feeding up done early and then I hid. Sunday I sort of hid as well. I, I, I had, a, had a look at Bernie Madoff's on Netflix, that oh, yeah. series on I Bernie Madoff. Yep. I, I had a look at that on Sunday. Speaking of series, I'll, I'll watch the test. I got hurt some people. Oh, yeah. I watched yeah, that I on the weekend too. On yeah. Saturday I'm not, I haven't finished it. I think I'm two and a half, three episodes in. I think there's only four episodes. But uh, I watched a fair bit of that. The, what was your biggest takeaway from the test? Um, interestingly, from my point of view, was how sacrosanct the dressing room is and Pat Cummins' statement that when the Justin Langer thing was unfolding, how his the commentary of former players, he said, 
they're just looking after their mates, and yeah. I'm just looking after yeah, mine. Yeah, yeah, that was I in his statement at the time. Fantastic. Yeah, it was a good statement. Absolutely fantastic. But in saying that, I, I think it's great they get that access, but you then you understand the emotions. It reignited to me the emotions that go on in a, in a dressing room. It would have been nice to see that in real time. And we are asking a lot of the documentary and the filmmakers in this instance, but it would have been nice to see that angst manifesting itself on film. Yeah, that, in real time. Yeah, look, that, that's the bit. I think it's it, it sort of got me. It took me back a little bit um, to say, mm, just got to cut these guys some slack sometimes with the with what they've the pressure they're put under and and uh, the spotlight on them. Uh, in saying that, yeah. you're still not afraid to have your opinion, but it, it, it's probably what it taught me is just to be a little more. Uh, I suppose uh, flexible on where it has all come from mm. because of the pressure cooker they live under. Well, my biggest takeaway was Marnus Labuschagne's toasted sandwich technique. That was, well, I mean, what even was that? I mean, uh, so he, for those who have missed it or are unaware, um, toasts it and doesn't just toast it, basically incinerated it in the example mm. that we saw. Mm. Cheese going all over, poor toasted sandwich <laughs> etiquette, to be honest, yes. for the next bloke. And then goes and chucks it in the fridge, yep. goes out for a hit in the nets, and then he likes it cold. Yeah. So he likes that cheese to then harden. One guy on Twitter probably summed it up best. Manus refrigerating a toasty has reinforced my belief that he is a psychopath. <laughs> what even was happening there? And, and I mean, we, we now know, of course, or we did know anyway, that Manus was the toasted sandwich culprit that JL Justin Langer cracked it over for taking sandwiches out mm. into the the field of play. <laughs> well, now we know why, because he can transport them anywhere yeah, if they're, if they're stone cold. cold. Mm, quite right. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. by the way, is the open line, the temper 40 wings text. We'd love your involvement. Oh four double three ninety eight eleven sixty. Love Dusman. Uzi was... Love Dusman. ...every bit as good as advertised. And Loved we him. didn't see the cream jumpsuit. No, no cream. He I reckon that's a new purchase. Yeah, when, when, when he was holding the, um, uh, the quiz about Pakistan and, and educating the guys on Pakistan. I think it was Steve Smith against Marnus. Yep. With in a, the quiz, yeah. In the, yeah. In the quiz. And then <laughs> the last question was, he yeah. was the answer to it. <laughs> That's right. Who I thought I? that was, very, that was <laughs> very good. He looks like great dressing room fodder, if you like. Like, great for the, great for the dressing room. Mm. Yeah, great banter, great fun, but honest and um, a great citizen. My God, I, I played some cricket over the weekend, though. The family, I played some cricket over the weekend. Family return. Family return. No, family return from Tassie over the weekend, and the boys are just cricket, absolutely cricket obsessed at the moment. We they played get, in the they nets. went to training. No, training hasn't resumed from the Christmas no, break. They went oh to yeah, they did. In, in yeah, no, the, the, the men were inside. The women are outside, so they watched the women in a in a net <clears> session <throat> uh, down there in Hobart, which was good. We'll get to Hobart in a moment because it's fairly action packed. In fact, not just in their game down at um, at Blunston Arena yesterday, but an action packed BBL weekend. Mm. My God, there was some stuff happening. But my boys in the cricket, so they've come back and we're in the nets, we're on the field, rolling the arm over, doing everything. We ended up at the Greg Chapel Cricket Centre down there near home because they needed to re-grip their kookaburra bats. Oh, right? They've okay. just worn them through. So we go down there and we get some grip. And I know, I remember putting on a grip, quite complicating if you don't have the proper the cone? No, but I had a hack. I had a plastic bag and I knew it could be done with a plastic bag. There's a method where you roll the bag up if you get like a sandwich bag almost, mm-hmm. fit it inside the um, inside the grip. There's a way to roll it on with the bag and then you can pull the bag back out. It does happen. Wow. Here I was thinking I could do that at home <laughs> and I didn't quite have the right bag. 
Anyway, it was getting, I was losing oh, no. a kilo every 10 minutes trying to get this group <laughs> on. And it was bloody embarrassing. And my wife says, why don't you just go back down there? The yeah. guys at the Greek Chapel Centre will sort it out for you. I'm sure if they've got any level of customer service, they'll just use their grip cone and put it on. Sure enough, I go down there. They do it all for me in five minutes, tape it up. And I'm like, oh, God. I could have been doing that job yeah. for three hours trying to get that on. Never what heard a, the bag before. Yeah. there's Never a, heard of it. There's a technique, especially if you get those ones with little handles. That's how you can pull the, oh, wow. the grip down and out. Okay. But it got me thinking when shortcuts have ended up costing you more time and more money potentially if they're more serious. Mm. Like here I am trying to do a shortcut. I could have saved myself two hours just mm. by asking them to do it. one three hundred seven three six seven three six because it was a shortcut that turned into a long cut. So did the boys bat better with the new grips, do you think? Oh, well, the, the grip they chose, they'd want to. This thing's fluorescent rainbow. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is a horrific-looking grip. <laughs> Gents, yes, it really is only four episodes. I was shocked when I knocked that over yesterday, but great watch and cannot wait for the PGA version uh, to come out. That's from Bo. I was pretty disappointed in Breakpoint, though, when Ben Rothenberg we yeah. spoke to from, uh, from the States last week. Time. Time. It was. I mean, when you got the biggest story, potentially biggest sports story in the world. No, no, they didn't have access to Novak Djokovic, but they literally spent, I reckon, 40 seconds on it. Mm. Mm. Uh, and then we went back right. to Nick Kyrgios's doubles run. It was sort of like, oh. Anyway. He was the selling point, wasn't it, Kyrgios? He was. Elton John's been a selling point, but what was Molly doing on no, Friday his night? His pants fell down. His pants fell down. Well, I saw that. I can he was trying to keep him up, I think. I thought he was flashing an old-fashioned mood. No, no, I don't think he was. You don't reckon? At at Elton's farewell concert? I don't. Because Elton had talked Molly up, saying he's a national treasure. Come on up, Molly. So, I mean, it wouldn't have, he wouldn't have done it deliberately. We know just a bit more about the national treasure now of what he wears. We do. Not a lot, as it turns out. Um, (laughs) And he actually said it was a faulty belt. So, Janet Jackson famously had the wardrobe malfunction at the Super Bowl. Well, now Molly's got a faulty belt. Yeah, I don't think Molly would have deliberately dropped the gear. No, I think the belt malfunctioned and just. Let's go with that. They just slipped down. There can be no Would other. Someone deck him. <laughs> no. Anyone on? No. There was no one around. Any him. vision of someone decking him? What was he singing, Elton, at the time? The bitch is back. Uh, as part of his farewell Yellow Brick Road <laughs> tour. Well, um, yep. Molly just got a little bit carried away as he mm. admitted it uh, afterwards uh, in an interview with Nui Takara at the Herald Sun that he just probably the moment perhaps got the better of him. He was excited. I was, a, I was a little underwhelmed this morning, reading the Herald Sun. Is the the stars coming to the? Tennis. You know, the celebs mm. coming to the tennis. Go on. Mate, it's not a big list. They tried Margot Robbie. She said no. Yeah. They tried, um, who's the man up at Byron Bay with all the muscles? They tried him. Hemsworth. He, yeah, he said no. <laughs> right. Um, Are you into I didn't realise you're into your celebrity attendees. Well, I, you know. Your I pop culture. At, at the tennis, generally there's a shot around. They need some cutaways. Yeah. You know, Going back to the Marat Safin days. Remember Marat in the, oh, in the final? He just player's box. Yeah. They were called the Marinettes, I think, at the time. <laughs> they were they is the stuff of legend. In fact, they were tweeted about a few days ago and Tanasi Kokonakis replied, just put a goat emoji underneath it. <laughs> <laughs> Marat Safin. What a great character. They were the talk of that Australian <laughs> Open. I can't remember when that was, maybe O two or something like that. We're going back away. We're going yeah, back we're going a couple back of decades. Away, that was um that, that was now I can't find this article now. But uh, I, I will find it and come back. Sorry. Uzi didn't have the cream jumpsuit on, uh, says Chris, but he had the multicolored fluoro parachute tracky top stuff of legend. Yeah. 
First day back at work, fellas. Uh, good to hear you blokes again. Hope you've been well. Looking forward to waking up with you two on my drive to work. Good on you, Mick, out there in Cranbourne. Happy New Year to you and all the best to you in 2023 as well. The BBL was nuts over the weekend, Scoot. How crazy was it? We had another mancag controversy as well. Um, with Dan, girl, with Dan, Crit- no, Dan Christian. Dan Christian at the SCG the gave the big warning. Um, we'll come back to that. We had yesterday. Why did you warn him? Oh, he just said, that's your warning, mate. That's your warning. Well, he wasn't warning? that far out of his crease, to be honest. I'm not sure who, who was it. It was um, it was Stephen Ezekinazzi, who made 60-odd unbeaten, I think. Um, he wasn't that far out of his crease when he gave him the man-cab warning. Then you had the ball hitting the roof at Marvel Stadium in the in the derby between the Renegades and the Stars. Now, how the Stars uh, cocked that up, I'll never know. But they twice hit balls mm. into the roof and got sixes that were going straight up in the air. They were going to be out. They were going to be out. out. And instead of being out, the Renegades coughed up 12 runs. Aaron Finch was furious. <laughs> Mark Waugh was quite funny. Junior was very funny. On the Fox commentary, he said, maybe off the roof we just use one hand. Yeah. So if you drop it, you've still got six. But I if like you catch it. it, you're out. I thought it was a ripping idea. One hand, one roof, one hand. One, one roof, one hand. And you know what? Adam Zamper actually backed it, backed him up with that. He I said thought, he liked the idea as well. It was a ripping idea. There you go. Absolute beauty. Because and I think initially the ruling came in because it was when Aaron Finch hit a six <laughs> that was going into basically in the third tier and hit one of the beams. So he was robbed of a six. So they said, yep. well, from now on, it's the roof, it's a six. But then now these yeah. balls are going sky high. I, I went and watched a bit of that game and I can't believe it, it's It's fun. BBL's fun. It was fun over the weekend. Just on this six, though, this is this is Mark Wall, Adam Zamper, Aaron Finch on the night. Well, that would have been two simple catches tonight, then. Well, they're both straight up. Cost them twelve runs, which is wrong. I reckon it should be one hand or something. One hand off the off the roof. There you go. One hand off the roof. Off Adam Zamper. Yep. Hey, just the big bash. Just before we come back to it, your faces in the crowd for the tennis. I've got the official list. Oh, have you? Oh, so far. Beautiful. Sally Cap, Lord Mayor. Bucks. Bucks is going to be there. Yeah, I saw his name there this yeah. morning. Well, hang on. I love Bucks, but... No. Like we, no, there's no but. No. Collingwood legend. Yes, but... You know, AFL icon. And I'm, one of ours. I'm looking for a and one of ours. face going to the Australian Open. They've been up... Cause oh, what about Dirk? Tiley said it's the best field they've put together the other day in the press, but no one wants to go. What about Dirk Nowitzki? NBA legend, Dallas Mavericks superstar. He's going to be there, the big fella. Yep. Olympia Valance, actor. Mm-hmm. Sarah Todd. You know who Sarah is? No, I don't, don't know her work. Celebrity chef. Yep. Jack Silvani. I know his work. But like, Jack, great, but like, please. The cast of Phantom of the Opera, one of the greatest acts, musicals of all time. Yeah. They'll be there. Yeah. Josh Pitterman, Sam Ludeman, Amy Manford. What's he up to, Josh? Well, they're the Phantom of the Opera cast. Oh. And as Brian says, celebrities don't go to the tennis, they get paid to go to the tennis. Briser, for the love of the sport. So what night are they going to rock my world when they cut to the celebrity box and I'm going to say, oh, wow, there's Bucks. I want to go, hey, wow, there's Mm. Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, (laughs) there's Elton John. Hey, wow, there's Elton John. Hey, wow, there's Margot Robbie. They've just plucked her out from nowhere. Hey, wow. There's Elvis Presley. I want to ask you about the, back. the other Hey Wow moment in the Big Bash after this break. What on earth was going on between David Warner and Matty Wade? Oh, 
good old fashioned. And Matty Wade and Chris Green and Matty Wade and Daniel Sams and Matty Wade and anyone else in yeah. green playing for the blue, Thunder. I love him. He loves a blue Wadey. It was unsavoury, Kerry O'Keefe said. Unsavoury. <laughs> Together with Maccas, we're giving you and a mate the chance, I want to ask you about that, uh, to win a trip to Delhi for the second test. It's in February. It's Australia and India, and it's all thanks to Maccas. All you have to do later on today is to be crowned our day's last fan standing. So each weekday, summer breakfast, and across the day, we'll provide you 11 cricket questions. They get scoob in a bit of a lather, and the last fan standing after the 11th question will have the chance to win because on Monday, January 30, all of those daily winners will go into the final Last Fan Standing quiz for the chance to take the overall prize. The flights to Delhi, five nights, five-star accommodation, the sports luncheon with the SEN commentary team, the corporate hospitality at the cricket all laid on, and a 1000 bucks spending money, and it's all thanks to Maccas. Can't wait to play that again a little bit later on. We'll take a break on Summer Breakfast. Sam Edmund, Simon O'Donnell with you. Uh, drop a text anytime you like. 0433981116. Maybe some tips for Simon O'Donnell on how to preserve those spuds because, oh, how many days has it been now? And it might be another several as well, so he might need to preserve them. I don't want them with... I don't think I'll be married tomorrow. Right, <laughs> back after this. <laughs> The Kogan Money Credit Card, a great value card with rewards and no annual fee. Summer Breakfast. Can we help the Australian Open out, Scoop? Like that list of celebrities' faces in the crowd today is, as you said, a tad underwhelming. Can we help them out? I mean, who's in town at the moment? So 0433981116, who can the Australian Open lure through the gates at Melbourne Park just to create a little bit of uh, a little bit of buzz and a little bit of glamour to the event. We're not doing much after breaking the <laughs> Well, someone did ask, you know, what, what a scoop charge to appear at the tennis. Nate the Builder, in fact. What would you charge? Bag of spuds? No, I wouldn't. I, I'd just, you know, some air conditioning, uh, maybe a nice little bit of uh, salmon, uh, so- cured salmon there for lunch. Um, a little, maybe some scones, jam and cream for an afternoon tea. And a little bubbly to wash it down. I mean, that's not too much to ask, is it? I tell you what, they've laid it on down there. They've got a bloody beach in there, mm. the coastal precinct. I saw Sam, St- Sam Stosa was on the beach there yesterday. Yeah, well, she announced her uh, her retirement. Oh. Yeah, indeed. Former, she won't be lost to tennis. No, I saw that as well. Former world number four, you'd certainly hope not. But they've trucked Won the a sand. US Open? They've trucked the sand in there down yeah, at Melbourne Park. My word. And move over strawberries and cream, by the way, Wimbledon style. The Aussie Open's trying to... Dish up their own signature dish mm, and make that. it a part of the furniture down there. It's a soft serve ice cream with peaches sourced yeah. from Country Vic. Yeah, Golden Valley. Golden Valley peaches. The They're awesome gonna... foursome. See, they should be there today. Hey, there you go. With the peaches, the awesome foursome. How do we help the Australian open out? As someone text in, they're not looking forward to watching on the small screen. Oh, wow. There's David Taggart sitting in a baby seat. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bit harsh. And I did not send that uh, tag. So, um... Don't take issue with me. Um, Billy, harsh feedback for Dan Christian. If he did his job of actually bowling the ball, the non-striker was backing up perfectly and would have left his crease as the ball was released. He wasn't that far out of his crease. Watch this sad, ugly trend become regular in junior games, causing ugly parent incidents. It was a bit of me time for Dan Christian. That's a bit rough with Billy, but uh, perhaps he thought he was backing up more than he actually was in the end. And what about Wade and Warner going at it? What about... So Davey Warner was mic'd up. It was. How was the ball that got David Warner? Oh, it was ripper, wasn't Riley it? Meredith, that in-swinging peach. Oh, He's that was sharp too, Riley that Meredith. was magnificent. Mm. Yeah. So there was a bit of spice in the game, and Warner 
Well, he sought to explain what he was doing. He just said uh, when he was mic'd up that he was trying to play the peace role. Just trying to settle him down. He's like a little barking dog. Little barking dog? <laughs> he wait. He was going at Chris Green, the spinner for the Thunder. Then he was going at Daniel Sams. And then Tim David, who won the game for the Hurricanes. Geez, he got going. You look like him. Who? You. H- who? I look like who? Matty Wade. Matty Wade. I reckon if we put two photos up, I reckon Matty Wade and well, Sam Eben look very much alike. Not sure, but I wish I hit a ball as clean as Matty Wade well, does. I heard you did. <laughs> it, they should have been four for the Hurricanes. Four for not many. Mm. He, got, he got dropped at point, gully, and then he just went nuts. So, uh, but he was pretty keen to talk about it too. It would appear. No, no, well, he always—he's a beauty, Matty Wade. Um, he was in Victoria for a long time and um, played some really good cricket here, and obviously now back in Tassie. But he's always had that—that that bit of fire in him, it, and and he's held that right through his career. He's never been any different. Never been any different, and you wouldn't want him any different. Potato shortage in Australia was all over the news last night. Looks like Scoob has realised the value of his spuds and he's trying to renege on the deal. Chris, I think you might be onto something, mate. There's all been a ruse. The bags, now I've left them at the door. What's tomorrow's excuse going to be? And the ones we had with roast dinner last night were waxy on the outside. They were just crunchy and that bit waxy and a beautiful yellow. Oh, these are nice. Why do you have to go and do that? Oh, very nice. Why do you have to go and do that? Because I've just had them the last couple of nights too, and I could have done with yours. Yeah. No, no, no. They're, they're, well, they're there. They're at the door. I, I know where they are. Cooked something new last night, actually. What to cook? I cooked an Italian meatloaf. Now, I've never cooked meatloaf before. It's very old school, isn't it? But I tell you what, by geez, it was tasty. Did it have peas in it? No, it didn't have peas. It was relatively simple. It had onion. It had garlic. Obviously, it had a nice a premium mince. Got to be premium mince. Mm. Lean. Uh, it had a couple of other exotic, I can't remember what it was, but the flavour was amazing. I had to massage it into, into the loaf mm. and then in a pan, deep dish, lid on, oven, half an hour at 180, then a little bit of grillage on the top after just to brown it up. Mm. Oh, my God. What did you have with it? Well, that's what I'm getting at. I had some nice roast potatoes. Would have been made even nicer if your little brown bag had arrived. Did you have any vegetables? Yes. What veggies? Had some broccoli, had some carrot. Had a little Very bit of pea. Good. Well done. That no, was nice. Well done, you. I'm all on board the Italian meatloaf. Are you what? Ah, okay. If you're back at work, which we're getting a few texts for the very first time today, good luck to you. Nothing worse than going back first day from holidays. But as we mentioned earlier, if you haven't been with us over your holiday period and you've disengaged, we've got a quiz to end all quizzes. It's called Last Fan Standing, and it's going to take place at 8.20 today. The prize is enormous. It's your chance to get to India for the second Test and not just go there, not just a seat in the nosebleeds. Mm. You're going to go in style. All the corporate hospitality later, we're going to give you a thousand bucks spending money as well. All you have to do is to be our last fan standing mm-hmm. today when Simon hits you with 11, 11, 11. cricket it. questions. You win that, you go into the grand final on January 30 for another last fan standing to decide who gets on the big bird bound. For Delhi, and not just you, but you and a loved one or a mate or whoever you want to take along, it is a magnificent prize and a magnificent quiz, and that's why Simon feels the heat each and every morning. So if it's your first day listening to us for a while, you want to get in touch with us at eight twenty. We'll play Last Fan Standing now. Though time for a news update. We'll grab ourselves a nice little McCafe coffee to keep us humming along. Uh, Roy's texting um, asking you, Scoob, is Roy Dice going to the Australian Open? He should who's, be. Who's Who's Roy Dice? The Sri Lankan Bradman. Was he, what's his significance to you? 
Well, apparently he was my first international wicket. First international wicket, I think, yeah, Roy, Dice. Roy Dice. Well, that's what I was told the what other week. What did you week. call him? Sri Lanka's answer to Bradman. Oh, he was. Hang on. No doubt. I'm yeah, looking that's at, how good he was. Okay, he's been described here on Wikipedia, which never lies. I'm not sure if you updated Roy's page. An elegant and stylish right-handed Correct. batsman. And yet compared you went, to Bradman. You went right through him. They must week. have taken the compared to Bradman bit out. SEN <laughs> <laughs> Breakfast. Our sports update is for Toro. Above or below ground, you can count on Toro. And the Australian Open begins this morning, 11 a.m. at Melbourne Park. Salary uh, cap will be there. Salary cap. Or what does Jared Healy call her? Salary cap? Yes. Sal- the salary cap will be. <laughs> <laughs> does make a giggle, doesn't it? Uh, and actually, just on that, shouldn't, shouldn't the Lord Mayor be there all the time? She's the Lord Mayor. Every day. Well, why is, why is she a headline act? She well, should be there. But hence. Well, and I think Sally's, Sally's a, she's a, a mid-lister. Can I say that? <laughs> she's a mid-lister, oh, Sally. Boy. She's not top of the list. Oh. Today she's she just top called of the Salary list. Cap a list clogger. No, she's not a list clogger. She's a mid-lister. Like she's, <laughs> she's third row. She's third row in the celebrity box. But she's not, and she would say that she's not. Would she? Top okay. of the pops. Yeah. But like, you know, where are the celebs going to the Australian Open? Well, where here you they? go. They're on the court. The Rafa Nadal's in action today. There's celebs there every year. Daniil Medvedev, Sitsipas is going to be playing. Madison Keys, Jess Pagula. There's your celebrities. What That's about why the you go. Cutaway shots. <laughs> We're going to Bucks looking serious with half a beard on, coming back from Portsy with a suntan. <laughs> Sarah Todd will be there. A bit red in the face and his cheeks, and he's going to be sitting there looking at, looking at the court. Sarah well, Todd I'm, will be there. I want Margot Robbie. Sam Luderman will be there. Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> Billy Joel was just out here. Stay for Christmas, Billy, and come to the Open. With, like, Sally's third row back. And salary cap. In the BBL last night, the Sixers won by six runs over the Perth Scorchers. Uh, they are just the, the two top teams, you feel, again, don't you? Sean Abbott, three for 18, player of the match. And we spoke about Dan Christian's uh, man-cad warning, but he was key late on with the ball, as he often is, for the Sixers. And what about the Dakar Rally? So they raced for 44 hours. So the Aussie Toby Price, who has won it multiple times before on two wheels, he goes down by seconds in the end, 43 seconds after racing for 44 hours. And it was the Argentine rider, Kevin Benavides, who won it. Daniel Sanders, another Aussie, finished seventh, 25 minutes and 57 seconds behind the leader scoop. What a brutal event that one is. And one that we should probably spend a little bit more time talking about, the Dakar Rally. Where's Incredible. Pete Sampras? <laughs> Has he come to any of the tournaments anymore? Hey, over at the Tour Down Under. Boris is out. He can go. <laughs> they Bring the... Boris Becker out and he can sort of Boris has had his rejuvenate challenges. himself. Uh, the Schwalbe Classic was on through the uh, the CBD of Adelaide the other night and the Australian Spring Days, Caleb Ewan. He posted his first win of the year, dominating uh, the finish of that Tour Down Under Classic street race in Adelaide. And the first of three women's ODIs between Australia and Pakistan take place at Allen Border Field today, Scoop. It starts at 11 mm-hmm. o'clock. Obviously, a big part of that will be Meg Lanning's return to international cricket after taking a break. And I was listening to her yesterday. Not only did she take a break, she escaped. She went overseas. She even worked in a cafe for a while, serving coffees, taking orders. Mm-hmm. Just a total unplugging from sport. Yep. And it was what she needed. Refreshing up. I like it a lot. Hayden Cotter, Lani Pallister both won the Lawn Peter Pub over the weekend. Uh, we'll have a chat to Hayden Cotter out of 8 o'clock. Have you ever been down to watch the... Peter Pub? A long time ago, not since it's become the most popular thing to do on uh, you know a, a weekend in January. 
It's quite extraordinary the amount yeah. of people that go in it now. I love it. Yeah. I love it. And really good conditions, I reckon, uh, at the weekend. Beautiful, clear. I swam in one at Sorrento one day. Are you a bit of a swimmer? Well, I don't mind the swimming. Yeah. But I'm not, you know, and, you know, the guy came along to roll me into a boat, which was a bit unfortunate. What? He thought I was a lost fish. (laughs) Big one. Well, what happened? No, no, I swam in the, they used to have one from Sorrento. No, 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 no. From Sorrento um, Yacht Club to the wharf where you get your fish and chips there at the corner near right. the main street. You used to swim of that. Was, yeah, I think it was about two. No, no, it was about two k's. No, that's it not was that Sorrento. Yeah. It might have been two k's. It might have been a k and a half. Still a decent swim. Yeah, I did that one day. And it was quite difficult swimming in the bay because you get the, the, the chop and it's it's a bit bumpy. It's so would different you have, to a pool. Would you have been described as a face in the crowd then for that swim classic? Would you have been a celebrity attendee, Simon O'Donnell? Our former Premier's a big swimmer. Ted Bowyer. Ted Bowyer. He should like Ted's a he's, an he's a second he? rower. He's an old, second rower. Second rower. For second Ted. row. Ted. He's been a premier of the state. Premier of the state. High profile family. Done very well in business throughout the country. Ted, I'd I'd call Ted a second rower. Should we get Molly along to the tennis? Just What's Molly going to wear to the tennis? Oh, well, we have the belt. Do you think someone well, had given him a belt? Is Ralph Lauren or someone? R.M. Williams slipped a belt round to Richmond there so he can tie up his trowel. Our sports update is for Toro above or below ground. You can count on Toro. We'll take a break. We're just working on the celebrity list for the Australian Open. Uh, Roy Dice is going to be there. Uh, Ted Bailey is going to be there. Molly might pop along uh, as well. And put them put – them What row are they? R- row of importance. Row of importance. So, you know, you know the, the first row, second row, third row – yeah, we can go to 20 rows if you want. Uh-huh. I've got Sally as a, a mid-rower. And what row? Third. Yeah, I like that. Okay. Third row. All right. We'll be I've back. got Bucks in the second row. <laughs> okay. But, but five or ten years ago, I would have had Bucks in the first row. But I think Bucks has gone to a, he's gone to a second rower. Brett Phillips is in the first row. He's a front liner. He's going to join us a little bit later on to preview the Australian Open. And we've got Hayden Cotter to join us. Lawn Peter Pub winner. Just what goes into winning that famous race. We'll catch up with Hayden a little bit later on. A stack of sport happening over the weekend and a stack to get through. We'd love your involvement. The Temper 40 Winks text is 0433981116. And we're powered here, of course, by the Kogan Money Credit Cards. Packed full of value. The Kogan Money Credit Card, a great value card with rewards and no annual fee. Summer Breakfast. Time for our Toro Powerful Recharge Moment. If you love your lawn, you'll love Toro's latest finance office on walk power and ride-on mowers. Are you familiar with the work of Ja Morant in the NBA? No, Memphis Grizzlies I'm not. Incredibly powerful athlete. He he performed a dunk at the weekend that they reckon might be an absolute all-timer. And to match it, it was some of the most incredible commentary. Ever listen to this. So 85-67 the count. Morant against McConnell. Pick and roll. Morant. Oh! My word. Holy cow. Oh, my partner. Did we just see that? Oh, my goodness. A foul on the other end, but Morant delivering an epic slam. Oh, look at this. Jackhammer. Look how far back he cocks it. Look at Throw it back to the free throw line and then come back and put it down. It's Morant. Mm. Jalen Smith. You have been posterized. Call 12, Jalen Smith. Oh, my word. (laughs) 
Jama and spectacular talk of the NBA world over the weekend. Mm. Love your work. Love your Toro Moa. Scoop, a uh, question came in off the text that I was meaning to ask you earlier. How close did O'Donnell the Younger, Tom, get to playing in the Big Bash over the uh, weekend? He was in their, uh, their squad. Squad of 13 yeah. or whatever yeah. it is yeah. for the Stars? But, yeah, but he didn't play. Didn't quite get there. Yeah, took the towel out, the big fella. Yeah, did he enjoy it, though? Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. Oh, had a what was the feedback? Um, just how quick it all is and oh, how yeah. frantic it all is. Just amazing. So he's sitting down there on the in the dugout with the rest of the team. Yeah, and everything's going on and they want gloves out and you've got to ask the fourth umpire and you got got all the um the rundown last was was fantastic. It must be just so hectic, twenty twenty yeah. cricket. Just no time to breathe. It'd be great just fun. Gone. Great fun to play in, wouldn't it? And Brilliant. speaking of the debate about the one-handed catches off the roof down there over the weekend, whether that should be brought in or not, did you see that the South African T20 leagues kicked off last week? So they played a handful of games. Anyway, the naming rights sponsor of the competition, Betway, has a competition. It's called Catch a Million throughout the tournament. So for every game, Betway have laid out a million rand up for grabs, which I think is about 85000 mm. Australian dollars that can either be taken by one person if one person takes a one-handed catch or shared amongst anyone who takes a one-handed catch in the outer. Uh, it has to be one-handed. Right. And there was one particular game. I'm not sure who was playing, but there were a heap of sixes hit over mid-wicket. Real flat bullets. And you got these guys sitting there nursing a cold one, just plucking one-handers <laughs> out of the sky. Like ridiculous catches. And everyone around them going nuts because they knew they'd won the 85K. Mm. But everyone was plucking these one-handers. Kids, old ladies, middle-aged men, women. Everyone's going these one-handers. And the commentary team that I was watching a bit of this game was saying, they've definitely practised the one-handers in this part of the world. It's absolutely outrageous. Oh, well, maybe we need another crowd. Maybe that's a way to get the big bash. It's had a good year, but to really keep it going, bring back some sort of crowd involvement with a classic catch. There was a shot Hilton Cartwright hit on Saturday night that didn't get more than eight feet off the oh. ground. He hit it straight to Martin Guptill. If someone tried to catch that, they would they would be now halfway across Port Phillip Bay. Yeah, you'd stay out of the way of those it ones. It went like a bullet. Seat breaker. Yeah, and, and Guptill caught it and just laid flat as if to say, wow, like if I didn't catch that, it was going to kill me. Yeah. He's caught it in front of his, basically his tall fellow, Martin Guptill. But it went no more, though, I reckon, than eight foot off the ground, like a tracer bullet. Never seen a ball hit that hard. Speaking of the tennis, Scoob was a good tennis player back in the day, says Paul. I saw him play at Grace Park a few times. Any truth to that? Not that I know. So that's true. Thank you, Paul. Appreciate that one. Simon, as you know, uh, freezes up unbelievably when he's asked to talk of himself. He's incredibly modest. Did you lads watch the comeback by the Jags uh, via the Chargers in the NFL? Did you see that? The third, I think the third biggest comeback in NFL postseason history. Sure, I want to say they were 27 down maybe, but the Jacksonville Jaguars coming back to roll the charges and they were down by 27 and came back to get it done. That's heating up as well. I might talk some NFL over the next couple of weeks as well as it builds up towards the Super Bowl. Super Bowl end of next month? Uh, yes. End of Feb? Somewhere middle of Feb. Mid, Mid-Feb. Mid-Feb. And the only reason I know that is because the Australia-India test is on the 17th and Jared uh, Waitley will be there. He'll be flying there. After calling the Super Bowl, are you joining him yet? Thing negotiations aren't going well. <laughs> Feb thirteenth, the Super Bowl, our time. Do you think someone will return to call at some stage? No, or I don't... Sam or <laughs> Jules. I don't think so. Some of our programming people. Do you think they'll ever buzz me back? You're not having a good run. Speaking of a good run, no. or, or lack thereof, 
What's going on with the Magic Millions? All right, we'll take a break, but I want to ask you, what sort of time have they had of it up there? They can't say what sort of run they're having. They well, couldn't get a race meeting. The horses, underway. horses have already escaped. Races. Horses have escaped and have gone yep. trotting through the up streets the of Broadbeach. Yep. They're in the Goldie, and now they've only their meets lasted two races. Yep. Had four mils of rain and they were on a heavy ten. Called off. Off. That's oh, a disaster. Till next Thursday. That's a disaster. And then they were going to dig the track up the moment the Magic Millions race meeting finished on Saturday to relay it all, and now they've had to delay that relaying. I think. I think they're still going to run it at the Magic Millions course, give it a chance to just dry out a bit. So the curator, Nevesh Ramdani, he's blamed a rogue sprinkler. He said that was partly behind the debacle on Saturday, which saw the Magic Millions meeting called off after two races. He's the biggest sprinkler anywhere in the world. (laughs) But then he also said he was let down by the forecast. So he's had a a bit each way, to be honest. They were predicting, what were they predicting, 4 mil and they got 14 mil maybe? Yeah, and, and over the week he'd put on it quite a bit, but he'd only put on about four, I reckon, on the Friday. Well, he said 44 mil of irrigation over the week, but he had copped some criticism and they had two over the firmness of the track a week prior to that. Mm. So he's just clearly overwatered it. He saturated it and it's turned into a pool mm. and they've been able to run. Oh, that is just a debacle. A oh, showpiece. A showpiece weekend. Yeah. I was watching... Um, Channel 7, they're, they're trying to do their best. And, and it's one of the few times you rarely see Bruce get... Agitated? Agitated. He got agitated on Saturday. He just, this isn't like really strong words for Bruce. That you know, generally he's, he tries to keep it you know, pretty, ah, you've got a feel for them. Da, da, da. Saturday he was pretty definitive. This, pretty. Is, this is just not on, not good enough. They had four mils of rain. They're already calling it off. We're on a heavy 10. You, know, you can't have a race meeting of, of this importance you know, on this inferior surface. You know, something's got to be done about it. He was quite yeah. very strong. Well, so he should have been. Very it was strong. pretty embarrassing, wasn't it? Uh, crowd catch competitions became unsafe. It's why it was stopped in the BBL. But as someone reminded us here, Mozart, remember the old Mercantile Mutual sign? Was that the one where it was like the big yeah. target? Yes. And if a batsman hit it, they got the money. Well, we're not interested in the batter getting the money. I reckon Steve Waugh hit it once. We want the crowd to get the money. The Mercantile Mutual Cup. I reckon Just Steve Waugh hit bit it of money, North Sydney. It? What was it worth at the time? Can someone help us 20? out with it? Which at the time was probably a heck of a lot of money. 0433981116. Drop us a text on the temper 40 weeks. The Kogan Money Credit Card. A great value card with rewards and no annual fee. Summer Breakfast. Oh, geez, it's amazing what a little trip through the archives can uh, serve up. So Steve War, as it turned out, 1995, playing for New South Wales at the Wacker against WA, hit the Mercantile Mutual sign, which I think it, it was worth 140000 on the day. Right. Divided up amongst his teammates mm-hmm. who were buying furniture and paying off home loans and everything at the time. So that was amazing. I think they used to jackpot week upon week. And yeah, I, I don't think anyone did. had hit it for three years or something mm. when he struck it playing for the Blues. And then there was, as someone's reminded us here, uh, Brad Hodge hit the ING sign um, more recently, worth 50-odd K, but guess who was calling it in commentary? Old mate Scoob. I was, was I? You were. And you were playing judge, jury, and executioner as well about the validity of a hit. I wouldn't have wanted him to get the 50. No, I don't think you were. I would have been trying I don't to think you were from what I've just... some cash. We might play that audio shortly because what I heard during the ad break was alarming at the very least. <laughs> uh, get involved on the Temper 40 Wings text. And we'll be back after these news headlines.
The Kogan Money Credit Card, a great value card with rewards and no annual fee. Summer Breakfast. Welcome back, Sam Edmonds, Simon O'Donnell with you uh, for Summer Breakfast and the McCafe menu today. Our official coffee partner brings you Hayden Cotter, Lawn Peter Pub winner yesterday, Brett Phillips. To preview the Australian Open, if you're getting along uh, today, give us a buzz, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Bit of talk about the draw and the scheduling and Alina Rybakina shunted to the outside courts. Well, she's the reigning Wimbledon champion. Out court, court 13, mid-afternoon. That just rolled off your tongue. Our mate Ben Rothenberg, he said a question on Twitter. Has an, a, a reigning champion of a Grand Slam ever been so quickly disregarded? So uh, uh, scheduling must be almighty difficult, but uh, that's come in for some criticism. Questions that notice, uh, we'll follow that. And last fan standing today at around 20 past eight, if you want to get yourself in the running for the trip to Delhi to watch Australia and India in the second test. Um, yes, Simon. Were we talking racing before 7 o'clock? No, we, we weren't. We, we were a little bit. I want to talk bit. a little bit of racing. Yeah, go ahead, because someone's just texted in. In fact, TG on the GC, and he says, boys, the Magic Minions was a disaster on Saturday. I reside on the Gold Coast. We had a runner in Emerald Kingdom who was a huge chance in the ninth race. Now, it was bittersweet for us as he likes it firm, but we had owners travel from interstate, and the on-course organisation was hopeless. Ticketing for owners to standing in the rain to get a drink, they were just totally underprepared and failed on many fronts, including giving in to pressure to soften the track to avoid leader bias. Very amateur. Keen to hear your thoughts. Yeah, no, it was terrible. Uh, such a big day. A massive sales week for yearlings across the road at the, the Magic Million Sales Centre. Started on Tuesday... Um, you know, then you have the the big Saturday meet with all the Magic Millions horses that have been bought around the country. They're the only ones eligible to run. Uh, races are called after, after two races. Uh, there hardly been any rain. Yes, they were trying to get that bias off because the previous Saturday there was a, a terrible leader bias. So they, they were trying to massage the track to make sure it was fair. Track now being ripped up and, and redone as it should. But So that was at one part of the country. That's north of the country. Yeah. Down south, we had Victoria in a heat wave, a really hot day Saturday. So uh, the southern part of the country was going to get really hot conditions. So Melbourne went forward, brought their Flemington meeting forward to 10.30. South Australia went the other way. Their meeting was in the uh, one of their regional tracks at Murray Bridge. They thought they'd go to the afternoon. So they went back to 3.30 in the afternoon. They raced a couple of races and then they were called off. Why, Why do you they? think they were called off? Oh, no idea. Well, you tell me. Go on. What what would what would call it? What would no? What, what would call them? Educate me. Well, have a think about it. I don't know. It was dry, was it? Yeah, it was dry. Too hot. No, it wasn't too hot. It wasn't too hot because why they raced in the was afternoon? It windy? Yes, it was windy. Why they raced in the afternoon? Because the cool change was due through at about four thirty, so there was going to be a change in wind direction. Put me out of my misery. Well, what do you think? What, I what, don't what, know. What, tell me. What do you think it would have been? I, I honestly don't know. Can you just tell me? I call them rolly polies. What are they? Like yeah. tumbleweeds. Yeah, tumbleweeds. I used to call them rolly polies in my old Denny days. Tumbleweeds. What came on the track? And there's a big fence around the Murray Bridge track. A big you know, six or eight foot fence to keep the kangaroos out for a start. But the rolly polies had come from one direction and they built so high what? that they couldn't afford to race because, you know, if some of them lifted and came across while the field's going past, the horses would absolutely go into yeah. chaos mode and, and it would be horrendously, could be, could be horrendous for both horse and rider. So 
that meeting got called off. So if you if you were re, if you were an international person thinking, I wonder what happened to the races in Australia on Saturday. One was a sprinkler and overwatering of the track and rain. The yeah. other, you know, oh, I've missed that race card. Oh, they bought that forward because it was going to be nearly forty degrees. Oh, I've missed that one. Oh, they're not racing anyway because of tumbleweeds. It's an amazing country, isn't it? That, what a strange old day for the sport. Amazing country. We took a punt six weeks ago with a young two-year-old uh, making the final field and booked and committed for Magic Millions and super pumped when we were allocated Saddlecloth 16. We knew we were batting above our division when we saw Hutchie at our hotel on Saturday. But now we head back to Adelaide where our horse uh, runs in GC Thursday. So that was just mm. a disaster. But not just on the Gold Coast, but Tumbleweeds. Yeah, Tumbleweeds me. in South Australia. Like, Murray a, Bridge. like a Wild West movie. Yeah. yeah it's coming yeah, across it's the track. I was waiting for the gunslingers to come out of the saloon. Yeah, you know, take their 10 paces and turn around and shoot each other. Love our cricket nostalgia. We spoke about Steve Waugh, the famous sign. So we were talking earlier around, um, you know, the, the South African Premier League and it's uh, you share, you can take out 85,000 over there at the moment in a game for a day's work if you can take a one-handed catch in the outer if you're getting along to watch those games in South Africa. We had the old mercantile mutual sign. Well, this was the moment that Steve Waugh hit it playing for the Blues and a young Steve Waugh talking about maybe where the prize money was actually going. That's a slower delivery, I think, from Tom Moody. He's picked it up, Steve Waugh. That's $140,000 worth. For the New South Wales one-day squad, it was a whacker windfall. Steve Waugh did what no other cricketer has been able to do for three years. It meant each of his teammates pocketed more than $10,000. Yeah, they've already split up. They've worked out their percentages and they're paying off housing loans and buying furniture with it already. Buying furniture with it already. Now, that was one thing. Uh, that, that vaguely rang a bell. What didn't ring a bell for me was Brad Hodge hitting the ING sign, playing for the Vicks. Well, there's conjecture on whether he hit the ING wow, sign. Oh, this is, we know where you sit on this because you laid your cards out in the moment because you were behind the microphone on the day. Well, he's a Victorian, I Brad still, Hodge. You'd I think still you'll come believe to his he support. didn't hit the sign. Oh, well, I've just seen it. He hit the almost the corner of the sign and the. The, the post, the pole that the was holding the upright, that was holding it up. Well, well, you know. All sorts of controversy. You're alongside the late Tony Gregg in commentary. Now, this was the moment that it happened. Not far off the ING sign either, I might add. That's a half century to Brad Hodge. A four from the prior delivery. Follows that up with a six that was very close to winning the cash. Well, if it hit the sign, it was worth 50 grand. Have a look at this. Look at this ball. It's going to hit the sign for all money. Oh, dear. Look at this. Oh, it's hit the sign. It hit the upright. I want the umpire. I want an umpire out on that one. It's hit the frame. I'm calling I'm calling it no play. No play. It's hit the frame. It's hit the line. Come on, Simon. Whose side are you on, man? This guy is 50 grand for this bloke. He's supposed to be a Victorian. Right. No, that is the structure around the sign, in my opinion. No, it's hit the upright. No, it's out. No cash. Disgraceful. No cash. There's no cash here. Here, there's no cash. What? I even tried to slip in and get the line on the line. <laughs> someone said here, I don't, can someone, someone will know this. What ended up happening? Someone's saying in the comments underneath a little clip I was watching that, that they ended up paying out 25000 had a bit of half-halfy as a compromise. I'm not sure. We, we, we can find out from Hodgie. Did, he, did no. Hodgie get the cash or not? Well, 
it gets split amongst the players. Oh, well, did did he and they get the cash? Well, Obviously, I, I'm saying no. If if they if they didn't, well, they probably the, got you to blame. The upright, mate. unbelievable from no you, cash there. a Victorian no cash legend there. like you, and you just say no. Nah. Mobile phones were just in then. I had a number of messages from the <laughs> ING people saying, mate, look, we've got no cash. Weather update. City power <laughs> supplying powder homes in the CBD and inner suburbs. Not too hot for our tennis players today. Just headed for a top of 28 degrees. So Alina will be okay mid-afternoon out there on court 13. Now, it's currently 16. Going to be a glorious day as well. We might continue the cricket conversation because the test dropped on Amazon Prime over the weekend. Uh, Scoob watched it. I had a look at it. Maybe you did as well. Love your takeaways. Got a stack of audio to bring in. We better talk some tennis as well. Head of our catch-up with BP as we preview day one of the Australian Open here in Melbourne. The Kogan Money Credit Card. A great value card with rewards and no annual fee. Summer Breakfast. Welcome back. Great to have you company on Summer Breakfast. The Australian Open starts today. Uh, Scoob, a lot of Aussies in action. We'll preview it with BP a little bit later on, but some intriguing matches elsewhere as well. So Rafa Nadal, the number one seed, takes on Jack Draper, the young Brit. Tricky first hurdle, they reckon, for, for Rafa, who's, uh, who will start his title defence against a 21-year-old uh, Brit. And uh, Draper's coming off a pretty successful Adelaide International mm. last week as well. So... I wonder what chance BP might give Jack Draper up against Rafa Nadal. Yeah, I, I'm giving Jack a good chance. Think he Rafa, can roll? I don't think Rafa's... No, they said the same thing last year. Quite as well. Rafa, when the whips start cracking. Oh, yeah, he's a ripper. He's yeah. a champ. There he's he gets star. going. Uh, just coming back to the race, uh, the disastrous weekend for racing. Good morning. When Bruce told Hamish to put his shoes back on walking the track, <laughs> he knew he was over it. That's from Stella. And, what and it continued on Sunday. Benalla was yeah, off then on Sunday. Out? A lot well, of they, texts coming through about Benalla. storm go through. I think it was 17 or 18 mil they'd had overnight. But they raced a, a race or two there, and that, that was off as well. So a horror weekend for yeah. those that like their racing. Indeed. Horror. Shocking. Okay, the test are dropped on Amazon Prime over the weekend. A lot of talk about Langer as well. A lot of talk about uh, the captaincy also and the statements at the time that were delivered by Pat Cummins. Now the players reacted to that. Um, the players on Langer, though, we've spoken a lot about, finally dropped. It's good to sit down and watch. I haven't quite got through it all yet. Only the four episodes. What do you think of the um, Langer relationship with the players when he was talking about team things and, and holding a meeting? In what we saw, I thought he was fine. I didn't see any. That's what I'm saying. I sort of found myself wanting to see the friction, wanting to see the angst, wanting to see it play out and manifest itself in, in real time. Now, a lot of that stuff was kept hmm. under lock and key, yep. and you can understand that. Uh, a lot of it seemed to be retold after the fact. But The intensity, what did you I, think? I think, would have been... I don't think it was out of the ordinary, was it? But, but I think if you're continually having meetings at that level... The intensity has to, you know, you've got to play with it a bit. Well, we only you know, saw have, have, have half got, a percent of them, though, didn't we? No, correct. So it's it's difficult to make a um, uh, make a case one way or the other. But it's just the way I think Justin pre- presents things. I reckon you could have you could see that you know, players would eventually become uncomfortable with it. They were pretty honest in the doco. The players when they did their pieces to camera, this is what they had to say on the former coach. From my perspective, yeah, I could say that he, he lost a fair few players and probably the wrong players. I think four years is a very long time as a, as a head coach. The team had changed a lot over that four-year period. Um, we're probably in need of a, a different 
support staff, a different coach, um, as opposed to four years ago when JL started. It's day one of a four-test match series. We know it's going to be a bit... He was brilliant when we needed him in those initial years. After South Africa, he turned it around. We became a team that the Australian fans wanted to support again. You left the, the team in a better place than when he started. Where the Australian cricket team is right now, I think that's a byproduct of what JL brought into the group. So some praise for what was done initially, but then obviously I didn't pull any punches with, uh, I guess, that relationship deteriorating by the end. That was the players on uh, Justin Langer on, on the test. And then, of course, the captaincy change as well. I found that pretty interesting, just revisiting and, and all the events that, that led to Tim Payne's departure, where the players were at the time, how they found out, how they reacted. Pat Cummins obviously ascended uh, to the captaincy and then released uh, his statement at the time on Justin Langer. Now, that's where he went with the mates line, just mm. like you would go into bat for your mates, I'm doing so for mine. Yeah. I, I thought that was a fantastic line. But Pat Cummins has come out of it, I think, you know, I was going to really ask you that, well, what you really thought, well. because his approval rating, if if this if our little uh, prism into the world is anything to go by, is low. People mm. just uh, have had enough of him. At least I mean, maybe people are motivated by hate when they text in here sometimes, um, and that might go for all forms of social media or interaction with people. But uh, certainly, as far as we're concerned, people love to pile on with him. But I was going to ask you what you thought the the test documentary might have done for his public image. I, I think it was fantastic. I, I think the way he handled it. Some of the statements he made during meetings and the way he held the room um, when JL had left, he, he asked the room, you know, any questions? Anyone got any issues? Uh, if we want to talk about it, let's yeah. talk about it now. Yeah. We're all here. Uh, and there wasn't nothing. wasn't a movement in the room. Not a single Not a movement peak. in the room. So, uh, you know, and, and again, it's nothing against Justin Langer. And you and I, Sam, have spoken about this before. Cricket's a far different beast to footy. You're living in each other's pockets 10 and 11 months of the year. You know, people that are from different backgrounds, different parts of the country, in different life situations. You know, cricket cricket brings you together, but you, you're, you're always there. And then Sandpaper Sam Gate happened. JL was the perfect person to come in there, that disciplinarian, mm. wears his heart on his sleeve, wear Australia. He turned that all around. And he was the right coach for the right time. But history in cricket says they have coaches for periods of, of you know, when we're rebuilding, when uh, we need it, you know, the name turned around and, and Australia to be accepted as a, not an arrogant cricket team, not a cricket team that we're looking for a, an edge that was outside of the rules. And he, he helped turn that around. And, and I think that was probably what motivated me most to say, look, I just hope JL just is now quiet on it all. And that, you know, we, we spoke about that a month or two ago because he has a legacy that was is absolutely fantastic mm. for Australian cricket as a player and as a coach. I don't want that ruined. Uh, and I, I think we were going down the track of that being ruined. I think now, I hope, all the dust is now settled. I'm with you. I think Paddy Cohen's comes out of it as I found myself liking him out of the documentary. Mm. I mean, I, did, I wasn't on his back anyway, but I just found myself... He's a likeable fella. Seemed like a good leader. I thought the test poorly dealt with the JL sacking and not enough player reaction to the death of Shane Warne. Opportunities missed to get some deep and emotional footage. Well, there'll be final cut um, privileges with that sort of stuff too. And in the end, the players and the team will have final say on what goes to where and what doesn't. And perhaps in moments like that, you know, maybe it goes without saying that some things were left on the cutting room floor for a reason. Just coming back to Pat Cummins on 
on the criticism of him and and Justin Langer. Kane Corns always said that Phil Walsh always finished his meetings by saying, is there anything else you want to say? Because good clubs say what they're thinking inside the four walls and bad clubs say it out in public, which goes a bit to what Pat Cummins was saying that you referenced mm. earlier about asking if there was anything else the players had on their mind after what happened. Clear it all internally and then park it and move on. Yep. Quite right. When it could have completely and utterly spiralled uh, totally out of control. Correct. It was um, it was volcanic as it was, of course. Um, so the test, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was good. Um, break point if you finally get to that, the tennis one. Yeah. Yep. I'm not so sure. Underwhelming. A little bit underwhelming. And maybe uh, they need a, 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 I guess, a debut season to perhaps get the players on board and then go a bit further but again. Where's that stop? That's going to be the interesting thing because it's a bit like TV broadcasting. It, Every year you're looking for something a little different, whether that's interviewing the players now at drinks or you know, getting a snippet inside a dressing room. You're, you're always looking for yep. you know, that, that, that little edge. Uh, each year you want something different. Now, as these docos start to come out across the sports, everyone's going to look to get a little bit deeper because you're already seeing a sense here now that they've missed the, yeah, yeah. the, the worn opportunity, the JL yeah. opportunity. So they're going to want more. There's a shelf life for these. There's a life where – because players in the end will just say, no, now no more if, it, if they're pushed. Well, the bar's been too, raised. Yeah. Too, 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 if they're pushed too far, they'll just say, done, done and dusted, gone, no more. So we've got to be really careful here. It's, this isn't the, you know, a smutty magazine or a, a dirty movie. This is, this is something that a lot of it will end up on the cutting room floor as it should. But if we push it too hard and, and producers push this now too hard, it'll kill kill the goose that's laid the golden egg. It'll kill it. Can't for the life of me figure out why there is hate for Pat Cummins. The bloke is a once-in-a-generation player and plays the game the right way. His team is ranked number one in the world. Geez, we jump off quick. Pat Cummins is an absolute star on and off the field. Incredible bowler and glad he came through so well off-field in the test. Um, and there's the inevitable text coming through criticising him. Um, uh, Cummins has come out even worse before the summer started, uh, come, and so on and so on. So mixed and Benalla, by the way, coming back to that, while that meeting was cancelled, two jockeys fell. We're told off the text. Yep. One looked quite bad. That's why it was called off. That's from Mark in Vermont. The, the jockeys had a, a vote on it, um, and they voted not to go ahead. The majority said not to go ahead. Uh, yeah, that fall was, I think, at about the four hundred meter mark. Um, so. The track was deemed unsafe, which again was caused by the, the the unseasonal weather or unexpected weather the night before. I think Sam, a contributor. Yep, that's no good. It's a dangerous sport. Sam and your old text in saying you really enjoyed Breakpoint. Good on you, Sammy. I just found it was uh, the blinkers are on uh, too much. I wanted to see something a little bit more well rounded. It is very much an itemised episode according to each and every player, which is fine. But we had the biggest uh, sports story in the world hit that tournament last year in the in Novak Djokovic, and it would have been nice to get a little bit more if they couldn't get inside the four walls there, which is understandable. At least canvas the mood of of the playing group of the tournament um, and, and paint the picture that way. In the end, it was glossed over in thirty or forty seconds, and I found myself wanting a heck of a lot more. Um, but anyway, um, onwards and upwards. The golf one will be interesting as well. This is mm. all the crew behind Drive to Survive. They're doing a Tour de France one as well, I, th- I think, the same crew from Netflix. So it'll be interesting. Great to get an insight into all these sports that you, you don't get to peek behind the curtain in too often. It is. Um, it is. It is. It is. I'm just looking through my rose here. I don't... Your what? My rose. Your rose? Yeah. What do you mean? At the tennis. 
Oh, right. Yeah, your rows. Yeah, your celebrity row. I think Sally's gone down another row. Another row? He's gone out a row. All right. I think she's fourth row now. SEO Breakfast is for the Kogan Money credit card, uh, packed full of value. You can get involved any times on the temper. 40 Winks text. You can get your unique bad match profile. Find the right bed for you. 40 Winks, serious about sleep. And I've just cited the last fan standing quiz for 20 past eight. On the difficulty scale, what would you say? Because I'd have it an eight or a nine out of ten. Yeah, I'm. I'm it's tough. Yeah. And oh, so it's it tougher. Uh, well, all bar one have been pretty solid, I reckon. The nicknames were a nice little half volley outside mm. the off stump. Mm. Dispatch that one to the fence. Do with it what you will. I'd be very surprised if we get anyone that goes from one to 11 today. Oh, and no, I'll, be, I'll be staggered. Yeah. I would be staggered. But get on the blow. Um, Hard to time your run with these. 25 state. Hard to time your run with these sort of things, though. Uh, yeah, we better get to the newsroom because we've got the headlines inbound. Uh, might have to get ourselves another McCafe. Can't uh, have too I many of those. I enjoyed my coffee this morning. Very good. Let's have another one. Yeah, I, I think we do. I, I think you should have another shot in yours because you, you've been a bit no, I'm a bit up. flat. I'm up. Uh, yeah, you've been a bit flat after putting those handles on the bats for the boys. Yeah, no, that. And then that, bowling all day because they had the bright handles. Lost a bit of weight putting those on. Yeah. Uh, perspiring. Is that that Here is a hard job, isn't it? Back <laughs> in the Greek Chapel Centre and you could have done it all in the first time. On your Chapelli. Righto, we'll get to the newsroom. We'll be back after this on Summer Brecky. Australian Open starts this morning. Uh, Nick Kyrgios, though, he's in action tomorrow night. John Kane Arena. Roman Safflin is his first opponent for the 19th seed. Hasn't been a great lead-in for him, Scoob, but uh, he did speak in the lead-up saying that's no matter. He doesn't need he doesn't need a lot of grease to just uh, get himself up and about. No, he'd be all right. He'd be all right. He looked all right in the exhibition match yeah. with Novak. Novak. Yep. I thought that was good. He was looking, looking good, hitting him okay. He's up and about, a couple of underarms. Said to the kiddies, which I thought was a great line, don't do as I do. I'm not the best role model sometimes. Did he say that, did he? It was brilliant. I thought it was excellent. All right. Here's what he had to say about uh, his expectation, anticipation of a home Grand Slam. I have always been a player that doesn't need too many matches. Um, You know, I played 12 to 13 events last year and felt like that was a lot of tennis. So I'm always going to have to keep... That in mind, you know, obviously there's, there are players that, are, that need a lot of matches going into a Grand Slam, but me, I just like to feel fresh. I like to feel like I've got everything under control. Um, but there's so many capable people here. So, you know, to, you know, there's all this talk about, you know, me being a favourite and, you know, big expectations. I'm just trying to take it a day, day at a time. You know, there's so many people here that can cause damage. So, um, yeah, I'm just doing everything, um, everything right at the moment. That's Nick Kyrgios, his compatriot uh, Alex Demonor in action tomorrow night as well for the first time. Margaret Court Arena, his first round match has been in good form. The 22nd seed uh, coming in, uh, certainly claims some scalps in Kuyong at the Adelaide International as well, Simon. And he spoke about his improvement in recent weeks. Like my whole career, I've been improving, you know, gradually, uh, like day by day. I, I try to keep on improving on myself, but I'm probably going to say, uh, physically and probably belief-wise. I think uh, for a while now I've had the level uh, that I know I can take it to these top guys. And, you know, just recently I've had uh, those wins to kind of back that and, and give me that confidence to know that, you know, I can do that uh, often. So I'm happy with where my level's at, where I'm at, and hopefully I get more chances to play against these uh, top guys and, and take it to them.
Couldn't be more chalk and cheese, could they, Alex Demon or Nick Kyrgios? <laughs> uh, a few theatrics with the Demon. Uh, all business, no fuss. So he's sixth Australian Open uh, in the main draw. We'll start tomorrow night. We'll be right behind him. Sixth. Sixth. That's it. It's happened quickly, hasn't yeah, it? It has happened very quickly. We'll get in touch with BP shortly to preview uh, today's action and uh, the first round matches uh, to come tomorrow as well at the Australian Open. Uh, but Akana Murray-Bartlett, we mentioned her earlier, our a marathon champion, Simon, given we've we've adopted, uh, we've adopted her. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. He'll finish, she'll finish her epic run tonight at the Tan, uh, Melbourne's iconic running home, 6 p.m. Uh, it's a meet at the Pillars of Wisdom. Fans are encouraged to get there and support her. She's run 6,330 kilometres or 150-odd consecutive marathons. Tip-to-toe run. It stretched from Cape York. That's where she started and is finishing down here in Melbourne tonight. 150-odd days of non-stop running, and she's been setting a record every day after smashing the previous Guinness World Record for running the most marathons in a row by a woman back at, way back day 107. That was in December. So we might aim to get her back on the show for a chat this week uh, to talk about her epic journey now that it's all about to finish up. You'd love your cycling. If I said to you, I mean, let's do something for your favourite charity, and ride 50 k's every day for 30 days, well, that's would you be nothing. able to do it? Yeah, that's not, they've so far gone so far and beyond all that. They've, they race from Perth to Sydney. I didn't ask whether who was racing from Perth to Sydney. No, it's all I been said, done. would you be able to do oh, it? Oh, 50 k's a day yeah, from for a 30 fit, days. I'm, I'm going down a, yes. a fitness point of view, not... Yeah, no, it's a, it's a what other people are doing. Yeah, so what, to... what would challenge you to ride every day? Oh, I don't know. Well, she's running marathons. Yeah, that's incredible. She's not I sitting can't... on a seat. Put it this way, pedaling with all, with, which is fantastic. What you guys do, but you know, she's built her body up every day over a marathon. And I think when we spoke to her last week or the week before, it was. About four hours, just under four hours. No, she was doing each, each of those marathons. I couldn't. You couldn't find something comparable. I would not be able to match what she's doing on the bike. It is an incredible achievement. So, what is a bike equivalent? Let me have a think about it during this break because we need to get to it. Uh, you can see, by the way, the first ever Australian Paddle Open at AO twenty twenty three. It's the newest racket sport with the off the wall energy. And keen on playing tennis after watching it, hire a tennis court at play.tennis.com.au. Tennis court hire. No membership needed. So no membership, no worries, Scoop. Back with BP after this. The Kogan Money Credit Card. A great value card with rewards and no annual fee. Summer Breakfast. Welcome back. Time to talk tennis. Uh, the Australian Open starts today down at Melbourne Park. Uh, big build-up it has been. And for Kia, a pinnacle of engineering, the Kia EV6 GT, the most powerful Kia ever crafted. Uh, we are joined by Brett Phillips, who, by the way, Scoob, is going to join us, BP, at this time every day during the Australian Open, which will be fantastic. BP, good morning to you. Uh, morning, gents. Ready to rumble. Let's go. Well, I was ready to talk. Uh, speaking of rumbling, I was ready to talk about the sort of damage that old Tom Lanovich might be able to do in, in this tournament over the next fortnight. But then over the weekend, she withdrew, which was sad news. Yeah, we've had a couple of like casualties, Sam. And uh, that'll be an interesting watch with Isla. Uh, she's talked about her knees uh, just maybe even possibly requiring surgery. Um, so we'll just sort of you know, keep an eye on that over the next few weeks. Not the ideal start to the year you know, for a player coming off her... Uh, best season last year. Um, she just hasn't, hasn't been able to get to the start line. You know, sometimes the wear and tear of a previous tennis season uh, carries over into the, the next year with that limited uh, pre-season, off-season period. So, 
Yeah, the cupboard is uh, bare. I mean, the, the rest of the Aussies have all got in courtesy of getting a wild card. So we'll see if a couple can maybe bob up. And there's a few out there today, Storm Hunter and you know, young girl Talia Gibson, who not many people would know about, but junior athlete of the year this year, incredible year, the 18-year-old. She's a talent. There's something in the water over in WA. or well, the beautiful grass courts over there. They're producing uh, some good talent. Um, you know, and there's another young girl, Olivia Gadecki, who we've been talking about for a little while. Has been mentored by Ash Barty, and you know, maybe um, that can cause a couple of surprises because our women's side of it needs a bit of a lift. So before we get to, I guess, our local hopes today and tomorrow, BP, I was just spent a bit of the morning looking at the fallout over where they've scheduled Alina Rybakina to play, which is obviously out on court 13 for the reigning Wimbledon champion. And I know some people saying she's been disregarded and it's a snub and all the rest of it. What's your What's your read on this? Yeah, it's a tough one. Look, scheduling is is not easy. And uh, if, if, if the camera could actually go into a scheduling meeting, there's a lot of people in mm. there. Uh, there's all the, the, the broadcasters who have their say because they want their uh, particular players at prime time slots. And it's tough. It's just a nightmare to try and please everyone. And it probably, it sort of just fits her personality. She's a quite a shy, introverted uh, girl who, um, you know, probably doesn't want the fanfare either. Uh, she's a very good talent. I mean, a surprise Wimbledon winner last year. I mean, we knew she was emerging. and mm. But, yeah, it's, it's probably a little bit stiff for someone who's just won uh, Wimbledon. But, you know, she hasn't done a lot since winning Wimbledon. So she's still, you know, 25-odd in the world. It's not like she's in that top, absolute top bracket. So, unfortunately, um, not, not everyone can get on the big court. Yep. Uh, BP, we see Raf Nadal, um, number one seed, comes in with probably you know form that's questionable, but you can't question uh, him when it comes to a Grand Slam ellipse. I really like the, the matchup with he and Jack Draper. I think this could be a ripping first-round game. I agree, Simon. Yeah, this, this could uh, delay the night session uh, today. Which you know it does happen at the Australian Open when you put that third match on, which you know we don't know what time that'll start. And even if Nadal wins in straight sets, his matches at least go two and a half, three hours because it, you know it takes a bit of time to get up and serve. Um, but you know it's a tough matchup. I mean, Jack, semi-finals Adelaide. He is a huge talent, big ranking spike. Uh, he's still a work in progress, and the upside to him is enormous. Where he lands, not quite sure. But he's got the frame and the game to actually maybe get towards the top 10 one day. So he needs to get into the net. He needs to not just sit on the baseline with Nadal. He does like coming in for a big guy, a big wingspan, takes some risks. So it's a danger match, no doubt. If I look at Nadal, I mean, possibly Nakashima, second round. Uh, Nishioka, who's a good player from Japan. And, and you know, Tiafo, uh, fourth round, is a rematch of that US Open battle last year. And yeah, not an easy uh, uh, first week for Nadal, but. You know, you're right, Simon. The champions, when it comes to the Grand Slams, can just get themselves into another groove. And uh, I feel like Rafa's had a, a pretty good week. He's been in a positive frame of mind after the United Cup, and but he gets a real stern test today. What about the Aussies? Uh, they'll be tested today, BP. I mean, we've got a range of them in action. A couple of wild cards, Jason Kubler, of course, uh, Talia yep. Gibson. Uh, how do you see the Aussies? Johnny Millman as well, Olivia Gadecki. What, what, sort, what are they in for today? Well, I think all eyes will be on Jason Kubler. He's uh, he's hot property at the moment. Everyone's loving mm. his work and he's uh, just how he presents himself, laid back Queenslander. You know, he's at 84 live in the rankings. Uh, this is where he's got to make his mark. You know, start getting to at least a third round, Sam, of a major. And then you start 
the ranking starts looking after itself. Now, Sebastian Byers, his opponent today, has had a phenomenal rise himself in the last 12 months, but he's 5-19 and 19 on the hard court. So he's grown up playing a lot on clay, loves the clay, and that's where Kubler should be able to get in today with that raucous uh, John Kane Arena crowd behind him. And the question about John Millman, I mean, we keep saying, you know, is this going to be maybe his last Australian Open? He sort of hinted in the last 12 months that he's, you know, probably suffering a little bit mentally, a bit of mental fatigue being on the tour for so long. Court three, great atmosphere, a little amphitheatre today, up against Marc-Andrea Hüsler, who's Switzerland's number one inside the top 100. Lefty, difficult to play, but maybe Johnny can rally and build on a little bit of that confidence he got in Adelaide last week because we'd love to see him win a round or two. But, you know, it could be a day where we maybe say farewell as well. Who knows? I love the players who entertain us, um, um, BP. And Daniil Medvedev is one of those. But cut from a different cloth, isn't Smart he? Get. Now, he, he, yeah, he's a guy who doesn't mind being uh, the villain. In fact, you get the impression right. that it really drives him. He embraces it, and uh, I'm sure he's going to give us something to watch tonight. No, he's a beauty. Uh, go in and, uh, you know, if you ever get a media accreditation, whoever's out there listening, if you're lucky enough to get in there and uh, go to a Medvedev press conference, he just, uh, it, it takes you on this journey. And he, you hear him in his on-court interviews. He's quirky. Uh, he's got a very high IQ. And I'm fascinated. He's, he's one I've got a, a little asterisk next to this year because he rose to number one. Didn't have a great grand slam year last year. He's become a dad. You know, I, I just, I, I wonder, and he, he's highly driven, got the same coach. It's a very small coaching box. It's just uh, the coach basically in there, and sometimes his wife, Daria, travels. Um, and he's unorthodox. He's just difficult to play. Up against the man tonight, Sam, with the biggest set of quads just about in tennis, in Marcos Giron, who uh, he's a good player. He, he, he's beaten some good players last year, and he might fancy himself tonight, but yeah, Medvedev, uh, Nadal, that's... Probably the likely quarterfinal on that side of the draw. Up against Quadzilla, I like that. And BP, for those listening this morning who are getting along today but don't really have a hard and fast plan about what they're going to do, they might have a ground pass and the like, if you've got the schedule there and the, and the fixture in front of you, if you like, have you got any tips for those who are perhaps going for the first time or where they should best direct their energies in going to get a good look at some quality tennis today? A question uh, without notice for you. Yeah, well, I think the ground pass on the first two days is a must. I mean, I, I wouldn't even probably get a Rod Laver pass because matches uh, turn into epics. They start in the twilight, they end in the night. I yeah. mean, there might be two players that you don't know much about, but they'll give you a five-set epic on court 15, court 17, wherever it might be. So I just, I just wander today. Just wander, see where you can grab a seat. Just keep an eye on the scoreboard. And if it looks like it's going to turn in, get in there and don't leave your seat because uh, they're some of the best matches across the history of the Australian Open where, you know, young cha- young potential champions sort of make their name. Uh, so, yeah, there's plenty plenty out there. I mean, if, if, Ry, if Ry Buckin is out on court 13, yeah. I haven't gone through the entire fixture. There's plenty who are on the outside courts uh, today who are good talents. BP, um, I'm going to try and get down to Rod Laver Arena. One of the jobs I've always courted in my time is the courtside announcer on <laughs> Rod Laver Arena as the players walk out. I just, I thought I'd just do a little pre-Australian oh, no. Open call for you just to see where you think I'm at. Um, uh, and mm. here's the mm. way I think it would go if I was calling it today. Okay. Ladies right. and gentlemen, welcome. <laughs> Centre court here at Rod Laver Arena. Alina Rybakina, 22nd in the world, versus Elisabetta 
Cacioretto! <laughs> what do you think? Well, I think if Craig Willis was listening, uh, Simon, he'd say you probably just need to go and have a couple of extra gaspers out the back because he used to go and have a few gaspers in between and then the voice would just get deeper. Yeah. Oh, you've got to get right down the baritone of the voice. Oh, geez. Not, bad. Not bad at all. I think, BP, VP, you're a good bloke. You were very, very kind to Simon there. Oh, Pronunciation-like, and uh, was that correct enough? Yeah, look, any any time in doubt, just say it really quickly. That's always been my philosophy. <laughs> uh, great to talk to you, mate. Uh, have fun. Uh, enjoy it. And we'll speak again uh, this time tomorrow. Yeah, good day one. Thanks, guys. Yeah, Brett Phillips there joining us for the all-electric Kia EV6 GT supercar. Seriously, what do you think? I don't know what's gotten into you today. What has happened? What do you think? I don't know what you were well, thinking. Going down. That's what I'm thinking. To get a microphone. That's what I'm thinking. I don't know what you were thinking. Get involved on the Temper 40 Winks text. They've got your unique bed match profile all lined up down there, and they'll find the right bed for you. 40 Winks. Oh, boy. Serious Lina, about Rabikina. The Kogan Money Credit Card. A great value card with rewards and no annual fee. Summer Breakfast. Welcome back. Summer Breakfast, Sam Edmund and Simon O'Donnell with you. We're not too far away from talking peer-to-pub as well. What's involved in that, Simon? Hayden Cotter won it, I want to say again, I think he's won it a few times in a row, in fact, uh, and he did the business down in Lawn over the weekend. It was weekend. a sprint to the finish, wasn't yeah, it? I think, yeah, exactly. A, a swim, close? and it came down to a run, effectively. Mm. They came out of the water neck and neck, but that's when it gets down to your, your technique in the surf as well and being able to run in from the, from the water and, and being able to run off the back of a long swim um, isn't as easy as it seems. So there's a skill involved in that, and I think Hayden's particularly good at it. And if he, know, he knows that if it does come down mm. to, a, to a beach run, then he's got most people's measure. That's good how work, we got it Hayden. Done. Very good. Uh, question without notice still to come. In fact, with questions without notice, he got a text in earlier from someone, I can't recall who it was or where it was, referencing the quotes from Usman Khawaja a few days ago on a podcast called The Drop. It's um, produced by the Sydney Morning Herald and The Age. It's a culture podcast and Usman Khawaja speaks about racism in cricket growing up, what he, uh, how he couldn't relate to the Australian team. But even now, the, uh, the bias when it comes to selecting players of colour or otherwise, and he's typical Usman Khawaja. He's very upfront and honest. I thought that initial text was referring to something off the test, but I thought, oh, have I missed something there? I didn't, and I haven't got through the whole series yet, but it wasn't said on the test. It was said on the drop, the podcast um, produced by the Sydney Morning Herald and The Age. So we might get into that at a question of that notice because there are some pretty amazing comments made by Usman Khawaja that we uh, we might need to address. And we're going to play Last Fan Standing as well, of course. Cannot wait for this, Whoa. Simon. So what it's do you think the good degree... Quiz. Good uh, hard, eight, solid. Eight, eight to nine. It's a hard one. Yeah, it is. It is. People are going to really... Uh, they're going to be tested today. Tested big time. Tested. Yep. Pardon the pun. Yep. But right. at the end of it, the prize at the end of it, it's well worth going through the test, Sam. All made possible by Mac as uh, you animate with the chance to win a trip to Delhi for the second test. Scoob's trying to get there as well. It's in February. It's all thanks to Maccas. All you've got to do is be crowned last fan standing. So 11 cricket questions at about 20 past eight. If you're good enough and you're the last fan standing, you might be on the plane. The Kogan Money Credit Card. A great value card with rewards and no annual fee. Summer Breakfast.
Well, the return of Lawn's famous peer-to-pub uh, race saw one of the closest finishes in its history, Scoob, with Hayden Cotter winning the men's race in a really tight one, Alani Pallister dominating the women. And it's a great pleasure to have Hayden on the line, fresh off his win over the weekend. G'day, Hayden. Good morning to you. Yeah, good morning. Thanks C- for having me. Congratulations. Now, how many is that in a row for you, can I ask? It's a few, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's um, four now, so not going too bad. Fantastic. And uh, I saw straight off the back of that win, uh, you said you'd be back for more again next year. Why wouldn't you be? Yeah, that's it. I mean, it's treating me pretty well, so I figured I might as well keep coming back. So it's quite funny for a swimming event, and we hear it's basically decided to dumb it right down by a run at the end. So you're able to to out-sprint your training partner, Bailey Armstrong. Take us through how the, the race played out. Yeah, that's it. I mean, it was a pretty close race the whole way. I think we were together pretty much from the start to finish and then tried to make a move at the end and we got up together and that was about it really got up together and ran fast now there's time to think out there i'd imagine in the water i'm sure it's hectic but the conditions were fine i imagine as you're coming into to land i mean what are you thinking were you getting a bit nervous yeah of course i mean i'm always getting nervous during the race you know you're up there so just got to get ready for the finish and then yeah worked out all right in the end really Hayden, what do you do getting ready for this? And, and excuse my uh, ignorance here. So you've done it, won it the last four years. So it, it's something you really set yourself for? Yeah, usually it's pretty much the first race of the season for me type of thing. So pretty much get a good block in before the race and then try and start off the year with a good win at Peter Pub or just see how it goes. But yeah, it started off the year pretty well so far. So what's the key to performing in an open water swim like this, Hayden? Well, for the complete novice who, or even for those recreational swimmers who just like to go year to year, and we get a lot of text even here this morning saying people who have done it, you know, 30 years in a row. I mean, what's the, what's the key to performing in it? Yeah, that's it. I mean, I know a few people that don't like 40. I think 43 years have been wow. running for, and they've nearly done every year, I think. So it's just the usual, really. You just got to get in and swim, have some fun and enjoy it. It's like one of the best races, really, because you start out of the pier and it's just 1.2k straight to the beach, really. So yeah, makes it pretty easy for the course. And then you just, hopefully it's a nice day and enjoy it, really. But what, what, does it get physical out there, though? Uh, it's not too bad, I don't reckon. <laughs> because, I mean, I don't know about... You're, out in, fr- you're out in front most of the time, so maybe you're not in the chop. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I mean, <laughs> there's only usually like 15 or 20 uh, open guys, so it's not worse. Fair enough. And what 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 about the significance of the day itself? I mean, as you say, it's been going on. What is it for the better part of four decades now? Uh, the town really gets behind it. It's it's more than just a a swimming event in many ways, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. I think this year is the forty third year, and they had five thousand swimmers, and that's sold out. Jeez. So obviously, it's a massive massive day for the lawn and the whole weekend, really. So Sam talks about the chop, Hayden. When you get different conditions, I, I mean, how much does your time vary? You've won four. Uh, you're experienced at it. Do you, uh, over 1.2Ks, what would your time vary in a in a heavier sea compared to one that's you know, a beautiful afternoon down at Lawn? Yeah, it changes so much, actually. I think one of the years I might have gone 10 minutes 50 or something like that, and then this year we were like 11 minutes 50, so that was about a minute slower, and that's purely just from... The tide, I think it was. Tide changed, so it was a bit longer, a bit different than other years, but you just gotta take it how take it how it is really. But, so so do you tactically have to figure that out and, and swim a you know, a different lane or line to get to the finish line depending on what that weather or the surf conditions are? Yeah, it definitely changes. I think mean, if you got some surf, 
you can kind of stay out wide and push in and then if you've got different tides, you can choose different lines and yeah, it's a lot to it really, but you know, you work it out in the end. Hayden, tell us a bit about your journey. I mean, I know you've obviously swam for the country in open water competitions and such for a while, but you were you were born and raised in Queensland on the beaches up there. I mean, t- tell us about your journey. When you Has it always been the water as far back as you can remember as a young fella? Yeah, pretty much always been doing swimming and surf lifesaving ever since I was a little kid and started off in Queensland now. Just moved down to New South Wales actually about a month ago. So that's starting a new journey. And then, yeah, just keep going the usual, really. Got a few carnivals coming up with surf lifesaving and then open water in the future. That'll be about it. Yeah. So what are the big goals remaining for you? I mean, if you, if you were to um, have uh, on your hit list, I don't know if you're a goal setter, but what would you have at the top? Uh, right now, it'll be more surf lifesaving. So that'll be trying to get into the Nutrient Ironman series again and then do that for a few years. And then the long-term goal for open water will be pretty much trying to get back into it and give 2028 a good crack. Jeez, that's a that's a rugged that's a rugged that's a rugged pursuit. What you're doing, we we take a hat off to you, Hayden, because uh, swimming for me, uh, I don't agree with it. Scoob, you were pretty handy in the pool. I don't time. mind to swim. Yeah, don't mind to swim. So for those just starting off in the sport, Hayden, I mean, what are your what are your tips to get started, and what what's get yourself a coach if you really want to take it seriously, or what, what's the go? Do you reckon for those who just want to uh, dip their toe in the water? Pardon the pun. Oh, honestly, you just get out there and have a crack, really. I think mean, I've taken a few few old guys out just for a couple of swims here and there, teaching a few people. I think mean, I'm running the clinic. I'm running the clinic uh, next weekend, just before the Cold Classic, which is another swim. So that'll be teaching the public and whoever wants to, wants to enter how to body surf and how to just swim well. So it's just pretty much getting out in the ocean, staying in the pool, whatever you want, really, uh-huh. just starting swimming and just ask the good guys for some help. They'll be happy too. So what what do you when you refer to older guys? <laughs> Hayden, no, you know, really what sort of age group are we in there? <laughs> public swimmers, anyone. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> he said anyone. He said anyone. Anyone. You, never, you can never be too old to have a swim. Well, Hayden said I'd take a few yeah, old blokes exactly. out there. You're never too old. You're never too old. So do you celebrate Hayden too? I mean, how did you celebrate down there in Lawn? Well, I didn't celebrate too much. Right. I went to the pub with a few boys and that was about it. Righto. And, and just obviously. You had a beer, didn't you? Surely you had did a you have cult. a chicken parma and chips? What'd you do? Yeah, I actually did out a chicken party this morning. <laughs> we, this morning. So yeah. with, with, your, with your dieting and all that, Hayden, I mean, how rigid is that? Or are you just burning and expending so many calories with your training and whatnot? It doesn't really matter what you chuck in the incinerator. Yeah, I could definitely be better with my diet, but I don't really care too much. Usually stick to the, the staples, really, trying to have a few veggies here and there. But honestly, it's... Have a big dessert and she'll be right. Will you be a warm down today? Do you go and have a ocean swim just to you know get everything moving again, or Flush do you go out. into a a full training session? No, I've trained this morning, and that was kind of just a more light session, just kind of flush out the like the ass or just working hard really. Trying yeah. to flush it out and have an easy morning. And before we let you go, I mean, obviously you're immensely skilled at what you do and you've got incredible talent, but is there a mental side to something like this, particularly the, the Peter Pub, when you, you've won so many of them and, and you are the hunted and everyone is coming for you and everyone knows it's no secret that you might be the man to beat. I mean, how do you go about that from a mental point of view? Yeah, it's definitely something different. You kind of, I don't know, you kind of just don't really think about it. Oh, I try not to and then 
trying to do my own thing through the day and just, yeah, hopefully get in there. And then once once the gun goes, that's it. It's and another actually, race and yeah. you just go hard. And just one thing we haven't spoken about, Hayden, it was the sprint at the end against Bailey. So take us through that when it comes to, I guess, uh, open water and surf running, if you like. I take mean, that, that, is, that is a skill in itself, take is it out. not? <laughs> take him out. Yeah, definitely. I've been doing surf for oh, years now, which definitely helps in those run finishes. Yeah. It's worked out all right in the last couple of years, but yeah. Very nice. Well, mate, we appreciate you joining us. Uh, well done again on another win, and, and Lani won the women's as well. So big congratulations to you. Four Peter Pub wins in a row. Hayden, well done, mate. Thanks again for your time. No worries. Thanks for having me. There's Hayden Cotter there, Good Peter Pub winner again. A great texting here from uh, Olive, and, and well done to Lani Pallister, who won the, um, uh, the female uh, side of the oh, no, this is Pub. This is Ange in Richmond, yeah. Um, it saw the finish of the Peter Pub. The female was awesome too. We had a special day with my brothers and I doing our 31st consecutive swim. My mum, her 28th, and their 12-year-old, their first. Yeah. Brilliant. How good to get the How kids involved. Stuart, the Central Coast of New South Wales, has texted in as well. Peter Pub, fantastic event. I've done it once when I was in my early 20s. Bit of novice coming down from the country. Enrolled in the swim just to see what uh, I was like. Turned up with no wetsuit. Water was freezing. I had to start with the rest of the pack. I got the crap kicked out of me getting from the pier. But I did make it to the end, albeit with possibly a slight case of hypothermia. Swimming is good for the body, guys. And as soon as I stop swimming because I'm working too much, I get a pot belly. Like, seriously, guys, get down to the pool. It works all the muscles. There you go. Alex. What about night? You, you should be an night when you're staying down in the in the city, down here at the apartment, do a bit of iceberging. You should get down there real early in winter in the middle of June and July and invigorate the body. Get out there for an early morning swim. You see him. Your mate Ted Bailey is one of those. We need a break. Sure. Yeah, we do. Sure. Oh, there's no way I'll be doing that. Things, hey, together with Maccas, we're giving you and a mate the chance to you're win tired. a trip to Delhi. Oh, I wouldn't be doing it for the second test. India and Australia in February. It's coming up 20 past eight. Get the phone ready. It's all thanks to Maccas. All you've got to do is to be crowned last fan standing. Uh, we've got our 11 tough cricket questions. Tough. Very tough. Hard to time your run, but if you back yourself in here, answer correctly, get to the last one, answer it correctly, and you could be going to Delhi with a mate, and you'll have a chance to win the grand final on the 30th of this month as well. So call now, 1300 736 736. The Kogan Money Credit Card, a great value card with rewards and no annual fees. Summer Breakfast. Last fan standing. Thanks to Mackers. Yes, it's that time of the day again, uh, Simon. We might need to bat really deep, uh, deep to get through this one. Uh, it's a tricky one. Uh, last fan standing. Be crowned last fan standing. Thanks to McDonald's. And you could be on the trip to India. Righto, Scoob. Let's not muck around. No, straight Let, into it. Let's get straight into it. Where are we let's going? Let's go to Darren from Tarnik. G'day, Darren. Morning, Simon. Darren, what is the name of the award for the most outstanding male cricketer of the year? The Alan Border Medal. That's oh, a it. Nice little easer in a In what year was the Alan Border Medal first awarded? Oh, I'm waiting for the multiple choice, Scoop. <laughs> 2001. 2000, 1999. 2000. Oh, well done, Darren. Good work. Who is the male test cricketer of the year award named after? 
pretty recent. Did you say recent? Yeah, pretty recent, yeah. Who is the male Test Cricket of the Year award named after? Yeah, Warney, you got it right. Well done, Darren. Five players have won the Allen Border Medal more than once. Name three of them. Yeah. No. No. Sorry, Darren. Fallen. Daniel joins us from Croydon. G'day, Daniel. Five players of... Good. Daniel, five players have won the Allen Border Medal more than once. Name three of them. We've already got Ricky Ponting. We need two others. Um, Glenn McGrath? No. Oh, I wasn't no, listening. No, listening. I wasn't listening, Daniel son. Conrad. Good morning to you, Conrad. Good morning. Five players have won the Allen Border Medal more than once. Name three of them. Go Smith. One. Ponting. Two. Cummins. Oh, bad luck, Conrad. Sorry. Simon joins us from Hyatt. We need one further... Alan Border medal winner. There's five of them that have won it more than once. And we've got Ricky Ponting. We've got Steve Smith. Simon, who are you going to uh, add to Michael the list? Clark. Michael, Michael Clark. Clark, well done. Good work. Simon, which two players have won the Alan Border medal four times? Whoa. Uh Clark and Ponting. Well done. Oh, good good work, Simon. Oh, I like the cut of his jibby. He's confident. There is a bit of confidence here. Five fast bowlers have won the Allen Border Medal. Name two of them. Uh, five fast bowlers. Say uh, Mitchell Johnson. Yes. This one. And Glenn McGrath. Oh, gee. Oh. Pigeons claimed a few victims today, hasn't he? Oh. No, sorry. Oh, no, it is right. right. Sorry. Oh. Sorry. Mm. Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, we have issue there with oh. the... Uh, I just had to get on the Tony Barber phone, Simon. Oh. Go outside and you're quite right. Oh, Brooksy quite just right. saved it there. Yeah, uh, Simon, you're, you're, you're still with us? You haven't hung up in disgust? Oh, almost. <laughs> <laughs> Apologies. <laughs> Apologies. Just like to test your heart rate here. You're, right, you're still with us. Okay, Scoop. <laughs> Who is the most recent Alan Border medalist, Simon? Mitchell Stark. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's good. He's good. Mm, well. How many times has Ricky Ponting been named the ICC Men's Cricketer of the Year? How many times? Multiple choice. Oh, no. Oh, well, he's going very well. I don't know if we can, Simon, because you're braining oh. us at the moment. Uh, I'm going to say two. Oh, and I was vindicated. Beautiful. Never in doubt. Beautiful. Simon, who was Australia's most recent ICC Player of the Year? Most recent. Steve Smith. Oh, Steve geez, Smith. I tell you well what, done. this is as good a performance as we've had with it the is. bat. This is a very good performance. Couple to go here. Couple to go. What is the name of the highest award by the Sport Australia Hall of Fame to honour a current athlete for their achievements in the past 12 months? I'll, I'll say it again. Oh, yeah, I'll yeah, give you that again. What is the name of the highest award by the Sport Australia Hall of Fame to honour a current athlete for their achievements in the past 12 months? What's it called? Uh, uh, the Don Award. The oh. Don Award. Well done, Simon. Okay. Simon, this for the lot. Final question. 
Six cricketers have been honoured with statues outside the MCG. Name three. Uh, one's Warney, definitely. Mm-hmm. One would be one's Alan Border. No. Oh, no, Simon. Simon, Simon, Simon. Gone. Simon. The last hurdle. James joins us from Mount Buller. How is it up in the Buller? Not too bad, boy. A little bit chilly. Good on you. James, six cricketers have been honoured with statues outside the MCG. Name three of them. Jeez. Warnie, Lily and the Don. Warnie, yes. Lily, and what was yes. your third one? The Don. Don Bradman. Good work. He's done it. James, you've done it. Well done, James. Done it. Well done, James. Uh, another Stephen Bradbury moment, though. What about it? Simon from Hyatt. Simon had done all the heavy lifting. Yeah. And that's happened before, hasn't it? Just a lapse in concentration, your mm. edge off, in, he's nicked off. He was he was braining them. Yeah, he was the equivalent of two hundred and forty not he out was there. Confident, wasn't it? it? Was just the answers were just flowing. That is, you could see his heart rate was just just staying at a level. Commiserations to you, Simon. But uh, I, I think if you want to pick up the phone uh, before the month is out, uh, you are every chance to get yourself on that short list for our grand final on January the thirtieth. But for now, that seat belongs to James up at uh, Mount Buller. What well are you, James? So you are today's last fan standing. Flights for you and a mate to Delhi potentially five nights premium five star accommodation. If you're good enough on January thirty, you can attend a sports luncheon with SEN's cricket commentary team. Corporate hospitality at the cricket, a thousand bucks spending money as well, and there will be another chance to win across the day today and again tomorrow with us. It's last fan standing. All thanks to Mackers. We haven't finalised that commentary team just yet. You're still in the mix. You're 100 to 1, let's yep. be honest. 200 <laughs> And one. drifting. 200 to 1. And drifting. Uh, get involved on the 40 Winks text. <laughs> I'm a bit rattled by that, uh, to be honest. I, I feel for Simon. He'd done all the heavy lifting. And that one of the easier questions was the last one, was it not? Bad luck. Bad luck. You're just a stone-cold killer. As they say in the classics, stiff cheddar. Well, stiff cheddar. Consumers' Choice uh, winners, uh, they are temper. They've got the mattresses, the pillows, and the adjustable bases, and they conform to the exact shape of your body. Oh, I am a bit rattled, to be honest. You know, Simon will come back. He'll come back. He'll get his chance. He's just got to hang in there. He went with AB. Queensland. Could have gone Bill Ponsford. Could have gone uh, Keith Miller, Neil Harvey. Well, what can you say? That's it. That's all she wrote. Uh, someone texted in, by the way, to say, I uh, should have asked, what were Sod's uh, best batting and bowling performances at district uh, level? Answers, 94 and 6 for 53. Why mm. would you even read that out? No, because I like that text. Why don't you celebrate your successes a little bit more? You were one of the greats. Shut up. You were one of the greats. Now, AB... Go to the newsroom. I'm not sure. Simon's from Hyatt, but AB obviously has the statue, just not at the G. A little bit further north at the Gavatoire. You can't say it's all Victorians because no. Don Bradman wasn't Victorian. Don's there. No, but he's the only one who's not, funnily Dennis enough. <laughs> oh, Dennis. Dennis, Dennis is there. Victorian. Sorry, I forgot Dennis. Gee, Looking at Keith and Neil and Bill. Keith Miller, Victorian? He is, isn't he? Yeah, isn't he? He's played for the yeah. Saints. What are you talking Saint about? Saint of Keith. Yeah. Get involved on the dead before he Saints is on there, Warnie and Keith. Oh, Saints. Well, maybe we're going to talk some more about the Saints before our stint here on Summer Breakfast is over. Uh, they got that list manager yet? No, they don't. I'm in talks. We'll get to the newsroom back after that. Evening session at the Australian Open is live from 7pm right here on SEN Tennis.
Welcome back. Summer breakfast. Sam Edmonds, Simon O'Donnell with you. Um, Scoop, a couple of months ago, I was going for a ride with a mate of mine. We were talking cricket and he turned to me and he goes, he's only a, a casual observer of cricket, as am I. And he said, how can it be that we've got such a multicultural population in Australia? We've got so many Indians here, people of Sri Lankan heritage, um, all sorts of nationalities and races. And yet we, he looked at the Australian cricket team and he, he said, how can Usman Khawaja be the only multicultural player, if you like, that's in that squad? And how have there not been more come before? And how can there not be more knocking on the door? Because, well, you would know, and I watch my kids play cricket. They come up against um, kids of Indian heritage all the time. They're amazing. District cricket is is awash with yep. players from India and Sri Lanka and um, you know Afghanistan, everywhere. And yet again, you look at the top level of the sport and it's – white men who dominate the 11 and not only dominate the 11, but even at at shield level as well. And we'll get to that in a moment, but there was a story on Friday in the Sydney morning Herald and the headline read, they'll pick the white guy, Usman Khawaja on race and smashing crickets in a sanctum. Now it was written and the interview was conducted by a journalist by the name of Osman Faruqi. And it quotes um, Usman Khawaja, not off the test, even though he dipped his toe in the water with this on the test. And if you've seen the test, you'll see him um, visiting Muslim schools and the like to spread cricket's message. But instead, it was in a podcast called The Drop, which is uh, looked after by the Sydney Morning Herald and The Age. It's a culture podcast, if you like. And Usman Khawaja speaks a little bit about growing up in Australia and not supporting the Australian cricket team, even by the age of 13 or 14, because he just simply couldn't relate to um, the Australian team at the time. Um And now he says, you see cricketers from Sri Lanka, Bangladesh, Pakistan, India, everywhere at young level. But as you get up at a high performance level, it just drops exponentially. It just drops, drops and drops. Now, he says in this podcast um, that at high performance level, you don't realize it, but a lot of the coaches and the selectors are white. There's a subconscious bias. If you have two cricketers, one brown, one white, both the same, the white coach is going to pick the white cricketer just because he has a son that might look similar to him. It's what's familiar to him. So they are pretty bold and mm. big quotes from Usman Khawaja. Um, what are you? What's your immediate reaction when I read that out to you? That he's had some experiences that uh, uh, he has some very strong thoughts about. Hundred percent. Yeah. Well, he actually he ties his own experiences back. He says there's been plenty of times I should have been picked for teams and I wasn't, but it just made me have a bigger chip on my shoulder. But credit to him, like he's working with Cricket Australia at the moment. He's working with the Players Association. He's trying to boost diversity at, at you know at all levels of the game, and he works with underrepresented communities. Um, undertakes outreach with them. So, And he did say to Osman Farouk in this interview that he wished the test was even more unfiltered. Um, and he had texted the show's directors to, to say why were certain things edited out that I wanted that I wanted in there. Um, and, of course, that season two's just dropped on Amazon Prime at the moment, the test. Um, but there's that scene you would have seen where he visited that Muslim school in Brisbane where he speaks about growing up, being called a curry muncher and those sorts of, of things that made it impossible for him to relate to the cricket team because... He was looking at these, you know, white men playing cricket, if you like, but they were the same people at his level who were giving him a hard time and mm. racially abusing him. So, but I can't answer the question of why they're underrepresented at the top top level. Well, I can't either. There's, you know, a good percentage of um, district 
or premier clubs, they, they have a massive, massive um, number of Indian and Sri Lankan background and Pakistan background players. Massive. All those clubs. You know, a couple of the clubs are nearly, I think it's Kingston Hawthorne. You know, I, I would say the majority of their first 11 are, are from Indian and Sri Lankan background. Scotty uh, Boland I didn't mention, and that is a great scene in the oh, test, to be honest, um, who's Indigenous Scotty Boland, who um, – who has that magnificent – it's beautifully told, actually, the Boxing Day test when he takes the six for. It's really well done. Um, but Such this a is, humble human. Oh, he's so about. quiet, isn't yeah, he? And unassuming. And um, it, it was a beautiful moment. It really was. And that, that part of the test was really well told. This is a different issue, and a lot of people won't like us even talking about this, but we thought we'd take it on because there are extraordinary quotes from Muslim Khawaja. He spoke about it on the Drop pod- Podcast, I said. So instead of me um, quoting him, let's have a listen to what Usman Khawaja said himself on the Drop. At that high performance level, you don't realize it, but a lot of the coaches, a lot of the selectors are white. Mm. And they're not doing it on purpose. They're subconscious bias. Mm. If you have two cricketers, one brown, one white, they're both the same. Mm. The white coach is going to pick the white cricketer just because you know he has a son that might look similar to him. He has families. It's what he's familiar with. He's not doing it on purpose, but that's where he's going to gravitate towards. You think that's impacted your career in the past? Uh, never. I'm too stubborn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just too stubborn. I've been plenty of times I should have been picked for teams and I wasn't. Yeah. But it just made me have a bigger chip on my shoulder. He goes on as well. So we might play some more audio out of the break. But Andy's texting. So the initial the snap feedback here. Uzi is making some potentially damaging assumptions and comments here. I don't think that is the case anymore, says Andy. I'm not sure how close to the, the coalface you are, Andy, but Usman obviously is. Um, and this is what he's saying is is an ongoing issue. Um, Stephen's texting. There's a real problem culturally trying to get South Asians to be active in the community. They play their own games amongst people of their culture. Kids that grow up at Aussie schools connect well. Adults seem to not want to socialise with Aussies. And I'm not. I'm talking about second and third generation here. I'm mm. talking about kids who were born here of Indian uh, or Southeast Asian or South Asian heritage who. Um, go to Aussie schools and partake, and you see them coming up through the grades. But then, sure, just play the percentages. There's so many of them. Surely, you make a subconscious. I don't know. No, I can't speak that, to that. Well, yeah. well, Usman says people mm. are. Sub, They're uh, saying, well, you know, if you're brown or white, we'll take the white one for the brown at, at equal level. That's what he's saying, e- equal level. Gee whiz, I, I would hope we're way past that. Way past that. Moss that. Who's the kid for Victoria that we talked about a couple of months ago? Ashley Chandra Singer, yep. who who made a century on debut, um, was a beautiful moment as well. So they they are there. South Melbourne, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and who knows what's going to happen with him? Hopefully, he can go on and have a, a successful career. I think he's only twenty years of age, but there's not many like him. Anyway, we'll play some more. I will, look, I know it's an awkward conversation for some people to have and to listen to, but. Um, at the end of the day, he's a high-profile athlete and they are some big claims and, and, and a big assessment on, on the sport that he excels in. Uh, we'll have some more audio from uh, Uzum Khawaja after this break. Hey. The Kogan Money Credit Card. A great value card with rewards and no annual fee. Summer Breakfast. Where has the time gone? Quarter nine already, Scoob, uh, 15 minutes left in us. Um, we spoke about Usman Khawaja before the break and the, the comments, um, the pretty bold, uh, big comments made in the, the Drop podcast uh, over the weekend. Uh, he's a little bit more about what Usman had to say about his upbringing and path through the cricket ranks uh, on that podcast. Yeah, my mum didn't really think I could have a 
career life in cricket, she she's, she didn't realise you could play like to an extent. She's like, mine is very hard to do it. And two, she's like, no, you're not going to get it. You know, just go do a degree, go do a uni degree and you know, make sure your life's sorted out because she didn't really see a life in cricket. And I think that's, as I always say, we need to champion that as much as we can because people need to realise, especially subcontinent families, that is, you know, if you become test cricketer, if you become even a first-class domestic cricketer, um, you know, you can get paid really well to do that and you have a great life for you and your family. Um, there's a lot of benefits to doing it and that's another bit of information we have to set out there. But at the same time, yeah, it can be hard. We're not getting those um, subcontinental and multicultural cricketers come through the system at a high performance level and that's where I'm trying to really, uh, I guess in respect, change things and put pressure on them to change things up for that reason. Off the text, Usman has noted the facts. It will only make Australia stronger if we can see the subcontinent people come through. We are seeing Africans play in the AFL now, so why isn't that replicated with subcontinent cricketers uh, out there? Cue the white people explaining racism to people of colour. Unconscious bias is everywhere and clearly in race. Hopefully Uzi is now a poster boy for some young Aussie kids of mixed heritage growing up. That's from Fizz in Fish Creek. Uh, then this, the Australian cricket team is not picked based on your race. What about your ability? Please give us a spell. As usual, if someone of colour or a non-Christian doesn't make the grade in any sport, it must be because of racism. It simply can't be because they are not good enough. It must be because they are not white, laughable and offensive at every level. Uh, and then this this light-hearted look at it, Scoob. I think it's because there's not many Indians and Sri Lankans in New South Wales and there's only about four spots in the test squad for non-New South Wales players. <laughs> so always ties it back to New South Wales, absolutely. Now, listen, to lighten the mood here, our summer breakfast stint has been dominated, I reckon, by two topics. One being snakes, because they're on the television every time we come in here. And secondly, hot air balloon touchdowns oh. have been a real issue over the summer. Have they ever? Oh. Every second day there's been one touching yep. down somewhere. Yep. Now, just before, Brooksy uh, alerted me to a hot air balloon out the window here you at SEN. He said, oh, this one's flying relatively low, and you don't often see him here. I'll keep an eye on it. We had a bit of a laugh about it. It would have started over in the beach there, wouldn't it? I guess. Yeah. It was a big it was park, red and there. white stripes. He said, I'll keep an eye on it. We had a bit of a laugh. Lo and behold, the thing's had a crash landing oh, no. in Middle Park here. And I shouldn't laugh because I, I hope everyone is I hope everyone is okay, but just saw something on the via 3OW and via Sunrise who have uh, who have just talked about it. Breaking news, hot air balloon touches down in Middle Park, somewhere near the water, I think. I hope everyone is okay. But what is going on? There's no wind to speak of out there at the moment, so I wonder what their excuse will be this morning. God, where do they set off from? Oh, all different locations, I think, don't they? Would have been a magic morning. Beautiful. Well, started magic. Yeah. Might have ended up like a bit of a nightmare. Ran out of hot air. <laughs> I don't understand, to be honest, these hot air balloons, but it's turning into the most dangerous pursuit you can just about undertake at the moment. Things you'll never do in your life, for me, one is hot air ballooning. You think? Yeah, never. Never, never ever. I, I can understand there are people who do want to do it. I don't think it's cheap, is it, either? got no idea, but you'll never get me in one of those baskets. Uh, pu- public service announcement. Alex in Baldwin texted him a while ago, and I meant to get to it. He said there's a major crash on Union Road and the corner of Whitehorse Road in Baldwin, so stay away from that. If that is your path into the city uh, or of a morning, um, might want to steer clear of that one. And Bill in Hobart, I think Simon O'Donnell would provide better value in the commentary box on the Indian tour than at the Australian Open. Register your support. Uh, hashtag Scoob for India. Well, because you were putting your hand up to call the tennis. Yep. So Bill's saying straighten up, mate. I thought I did all right on that. Get yourself down to a couple of tricky names. Get yourself down to the uh, to the airport bound I for had to India. Syllabalize them. 
Hey, uh, this is Josh in Eltham, just coming back to Usman Khawaja. Boys, Usman's statement is full of presumptions and assumptions. Brad Hodge, Jamie Siddon, Stuart Law, Martin Love could all mount a case for being underrepresented at Australian level. And they were all white. When 11 players are represented out of 25 million people, there are always going to be those who miss out who are unlucky. That's Josh in, in Eltham. It's hard for us to cast judgment, though. Yeah, it is. Given it our, is. Where, our background and our upbringing, um, very, very hard. I'd say impossible for us to cast judgment. But all we can do is present them. Usman Khawaja did put them forward in a public forum, in a podcast. So we thought they were uh, big enough and uh, and to bring to you this morning. Uh, get involved, uh, by the way, right throughout the day. Julian Stoop, not too far away on the Temper 40 Winks text. You can get your unique bed match profile, find the right bed for you. 40 Winks, serious about sleep. Hayden Cotter joined us earlier. Lawn Peer to pub winner again. Brett Phillips set the scene for us at the Australian Open day one, getting underway in a couple of hours' time down at Melbourne Park. Both of those podcasted up at sen.com.au. And a really tumultuous last fan standing uh, on reeling from that one still. We'll play it all again tomorrow. Simon, we'll take our final break, I reckon, and we'll be back. Why don't we do that? With JDS. That was a really good idea. Right after this. The Kogan Money Credit Card. A great value card with rewards and no annual fee. Summer Breakfast. Middle Park Beach, that uh, red and white uh, hot air balloon touchdown scuba, relatively soft landing, thankfully. So no one harmed in that uh, in that unplanned touchdown. Uh, but we saw it just drifting over us here at SENHQ and thought, gee, she's flying low. Sorry to all those balloon operators out there, but I ain't paying nothing to get into a basket. <laughs> <laughs> I'm paying plenty to listen to this man. Julian no, Stoop is with us. You're not paying anything. I'm not paying a cent, actually. Exactly. And I actually need and to apologise. I don't apologize. expect you to. I actually need to apologise for you uh, for all the remnant uh, uh, texts that have just dropped on Usman Khawaja that you'll have to consume throughout the morning, but we thought we'd better touch on that. Um, you want to talk cricket, though, because you were struck by something I was, and that was the derby between the Renegades oh, well, and the Stars. You can't just hand out sixes willy-nilly when you hit the roof. And what's your solution? Dead ball. What a, he's a, he's Surely a novel. And the roof's only 38 metres high. He's a novel idea. 38 metres. Why don't we play with the roof over? Well, wasn't it? Someone suggested there was talk of a thunderstorm. That's why they shut it. What? There was no talk of rain <laughs> on Saturday. <laughs> she was warm. Very warm. Very warm. Maybe they needed the aircon in there. Mm. I'm not sure the one-handed catch is the right solution. It should be fun. It would be great fun. As you mentioned, like the South African uh, yes. T20. That's taken off over I mean, there. That's magnificent. There's cash on the line for that in a big way. And no spillage either. Uh, what's on your program today? Well, plenty of Australian Open. Plenty of Magic Millions. We'll talk to Gareth oh. Hall, who's, uh, who was up there. What was wrong with cut... Magic Millions? <laughs> well, the two races they got. I've been racing on heavy tens for the last 12 months. <laughs> what a disaster. What a disaster. And part of part of Houston a... Seaboard hasn't stopped raining. Part Sydney, of a bizarre, bizarre day, Houston which we spoke 10. about. So Murray Bridge. Yeah. Tumbleweed Murray play. Tumbleweeds. And then a nasty fall uh, up in Benalla, wasn't it? Benalla. Jockeys that, dislodged, turning for home. And that meet was called off as well. So wasn't a, a great weekend for a, racing, Not was a it? great weekend at all. So and if, the Magic Millions, this comes after a couple of horses uh, bolted off from the beach yeah, race and went yeah, through the streets yeah. of Broadway. And the week before, one got away from the race course and went into the canal next door. They yeah. got it out. But mm. So, is it, a couple of weeks so what are we blaming here? Sprinkler? Poor forecast? All poor track above, management? All of the above. Bomb, they've got a lot to do with it. <laughs> You're allowed, we're not allowed do. to call them that anymore, are we? Not allowed to call them the bomb anymore. Bomb or always have a lot to do with it. Mm. Okay. If in doubt, blame, blame the, the bomb. bomb.
Uh, Cam in Churnside Park says we should be using ball tracking for the two sixes. Find out if it was going to where it was going to land. Then either it's a six or a, or a dot ball. Cam says, but the fielding team, like Aaron Finch, was furious because those balls are going no, straight no, up. But they were out. Both no, of them would have been it's out. His rule. Oh, it is his rule. That's why they put the rule in because one of the shots he hit. His was going about thirty rows back when it hit the sort of frame of the roof. That was a, not as big as yours. <laughs> they were going to put a seat in for him. Apparently, <laughs> up in the roof. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, up in the roof. A good yeah. spot to sit. A big target. Maybe that's where they could put the Mercantile Mutual sign. On the roof. On the roof. It's not bad. The sign, not the structure. That was great, the Mercantile Mutual sign. Yeah. Uh, mm. I thought so, but uh, the ING sign was good as well. But Simon, yeah. oh. uh, gee whiz, that was a discovery that this morning. That was disappointing by Simon. Very, <laughs> very poor for a fellow Victorian as well. There's a little gang up here, isn't Brad there? Hodge still upset about that. Oh, you know, hard done by when it comes to test selection, oh. hard done by with the ING cash. Well, Greggy, I tried to get the line on the line. <laughs> <laughs> Greggy wasn't having a bar. Yeah, he wasn't having a bar. It went he straight wasn't. over it. Uh, he was you had upset. no sense of theatre there, did you? Oh. Just ruled it out straight away. Yeah. Yeah. No cash. Righto. Here, no cash. We'll be back tomorrow at 6, Simon. You've been magnificent today. No, you've been really good today. I was a bit flat, but I'll lift. We'll see what happens at the Australian Open today. Uh, Julian to stoop with you up until midday. Go well, Jules. Thank you, team. And uh, you want to stay with Jules. He's with you until midday. Get involved. Rod Lever.